Stand by for action. Back to the Punk Till I Die podcast. We are live, as opposed to what people might be telling you. How are you doing, Neil? <laughs> Thomas, it's good to talk to you, my friend. Um, see, to the, <laughs> but to the people out there, they don't know that we've been gone because they've been. Uh, we've had so many episodes in the can that yeah. they've been flowing every Friday. It's not like they've been without, you know. Yes, well, it's fun. Well, we, we for a long time we had a big back, a backlog of episodes. To constipated. The, we were constipated. Yes, we were to peel back the onion here, peel back the, the curtain. I guess Neil's the Wizard of Oz. I'm the little dog. I'm peeling back the curtain. Um, the we had we had so many episodes we couldn't even really like people had to wait too long for their episodes and it was a real struggle. But then we went through Neil and I had a bunch of stuff going on and we just didn't have time to record. So it was like divine intervention. So we haven't recorded for a long time. So we were just like we're just coming fresh to you after BSing and catching up a little bit. You know, doing a little strategizing. Yeah, it's been strategizing a- for our future for a podcast that will be four months old or four years old next month. How about it? Into and, our fifth year. And, and and I think this is the first time where we really kind of hit a wall where we really struggled to get together. But like I said, we worked so hard the last couple of months, it wasn't that big a deal. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just been a combination of things, right? I mean, I went to San yeah. Diego. Your daughter you, moved, and yeah. I had a lot of family stuff, and she's, yeah, we've been busy. I mean, you went on va- you went on a little vacation, and then, you know, when we could get together, that was a week that you were working nights, and I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I had know. to go to work. So, and, it was just... Well, and, it, and, it's, and the fact of it is, I think we have been kind of struggling to find a motivation, and we kind of been too busy to book guests, because we're, our schedules are kind of screwed up, and so we don't like to book people if we have to flake out on them right we don't do that for sure and also we just it, we you know we i think we've been struggling a little bit with motivation which i think is okay after four years or and and we the group keeps growing and, and we just keep getting more and more listeners and, I, and the more you know when it was just you and i just shooting the shit there was no pressure <laughs> you feeling the pressure but now, Tom? now there's like a certain <laughs> level of pressure right i see it's I mean, funny it, it. actually you i really know it for the final product but <laughs> a really interesting question would be how many of the people that are joining the group how many of them actually listen to the podcast I mean, or are they just trying to promote their own crappy band? Well, no, or you, or is it just another punk group that they're joining online yeah, because be they, you know, because they've seen other ones and ours are better than ours is better it than is some. It is funny, you know? right? When we when we approve these, because because we had to make our are we private now or no? We're not private. We're the same. We just we just have to approve people as all. Well. Everything's got to be approved. Yeah. So yeah, you see people and they're like, it's it's Joe Skullfuck and he's a member of two hundred and thirty eight groups. They're like, well, he's not going to try to. You know, he's not a Nigerian prince. He's just yeah. some punk guy who's in a bunch of groups. Yeah. He's not going to tell us all about fucking what's-his-name dying or whatever the fuck, though, that spate of... Dude, uh, I, got the, I got the funniest email the other day. I had to read it to my son. It was, it was we've, been, we've put a malware on your computer, and we've been watching you, and we have videos of you masturbating, and we know what kind of weird <laughs> porn you're into, unless you send us $1,649. That's pretty specific. <laughs> that's well we're going to expose to your family what weird thing you're into i'm just like okay i literally have never looked at dirty content on this laptop ever because i'm just deathly afraid that it'll you know ruin yeah. it <laughs> and i'm just like wow uh 
because you know somebody's getting that email going, oh no, they're going to know I'm into donkey porn or I'm into you know teen masochism or whatever, and I don't want my wife to find out. I'm just laughing. I'm le- reading it to my son. Well, the funny thing is, they always. So, they and, always... And the other thing was, Neil, you had to buy Bitcoin. Oh yeah. And send the money to Bitcoin, which seems legit. So. Well, the funny thing is, um, you know, that you mentioned the Nigerian prince scam from like 20 years ago. Um, yeah. But pe- people actually fell for that. I mean, there was a certain number of people that they were doing that every year. Well, every there's a year. certain amount of people that are falling for this email too, right? I mean, even if it's only one in 10,000. Right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it was a real pain to convince all that bird. Co- you convert all that Bitcoin. Well, it's funny. Uh, you That's know, a joke. You know, I didn't really send me money. La- Laura, um, she she befriended one. Of, you know, she runs the condo here, our, sure. our, our condo building. She and, befriended um, a Nigerian prince. No, she, befri- she befriended one of the old guys. One, you know, some old yeah, guy yeah. that lives here. Yep, I remember this. And um, you know, she he she asked him where he was going or whatever. He's going to Target, and she's like, "Why are you going to Target?" He's like, "He's like, I've got to get five hundred dollars in like in like." Uh, cards or whatever you know those i don't know if it was like target oh, cards or like a, like a visa card Venezuela or something? yeah someone well someone had someone had convinced him online that he owed some money or something and the only way he could pay it was by going to target and buying some oh. gift cards and sending them to him and luckily laura was able to tell him no that's a complete fucking scam oh. don't do it you know don't answer the f- <laughs> my, <laughs> to my people da- you don't my know daughter, don't my do daughter it. runs a wins runs a wendy's right like she's a general manager mm-hmm. So she's got a few managers under her or whatever. One of they got a scam call, said they were from the corporate offices and that she had to go to Meyer and buy a bunch of gift cards and give them the number and it was like, it was this official corporate thing. Your manager is on his way. Don't make us wait until your manager gets there. It's gonna be trouble. Whatever. She took like fifteen hundred dollars out of the till, bought gift cards or something. Oh, she did it? She fell for it? Yes. Oh no. And I'm like, Alex, you gotta fire this person, right? She's like, No, she shows up for work. I'm like, Oh, touche. Oh, so it wasn't her that did it? It was somebody else? No, no, no. She's she's not that stupid. Oh boy! No, oh, boy. no kid of no kid of mine, Neil. Anyway, this has been this has been Tom Trauma and Liverpool Neil with <laughs> uh, scam talk. Scam talk. Yeah. So yeah, if you love us, send us your. Uh, you know, <coughs> we want we want each of our listeners, Neil, to have an individual listener name and number, so we know how to keep track of them. Right. So just send us your credit card number <laughs> and you know, uh, your special your special number will be. If it's MasterCard, it'll be MC followed by your ten-digit number and your three-digit code. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Just what kind of scumbag sits at home and is doing that and taking advantage of old people? It just fucking that yeah. frosts my ass, man. That frosts Wait, my I mean, ass. The thing that gets me is that some of these scams. It seems like these people are working hard enough that they could get work a real job up in like a Fortune five hundred company or something, right? Dude. Don't even get me started. Well, you've seen them. I've gone off on this one before on the homeless at all the intersections here. Yeah. And now they have this scam, like they have a thing saying they're immigrants or whatever. And there's a guy who's like 25 years old. He, he fucking... <laughs> Dude, Neil, <laughs> Neil, my, my, my co-worker today, now we're in Grand Rapids. I mean, it's it's a city. It's a second-tier city. You know, we have we have trouble with homeless, homelessness and things like that. But it's not Chicago by any stretch of imagination. But my friend, who's a very millennial and gets all his lunch, like orders it and gets it gets takeout, like this contactless lunch. Yep. As he's going to get his lunch, some homeless guy came up, grabbed his lunch, and took off. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you know what I said to Neil? I said that's why I always carry a sidearm. Well, at least he took his lunch and didn't take his wallet or something. You know, didn't hold him up for his wallet. I guess stealing is stealing, Neil. I I know I get that, but I'm like, man, that's just shit luck too. Because what do you do? I mean, do you make the restaurant making a burrito or you just i don't know i don't even know what the solution is let's well, see i got a story about that too and this so this shit happens even in liverpool and this was like 20 
30 years ago when my aunt was still alive. She was in downtown Liverpool and there was a homeless guy begging outside of a, I don't know, some kind of uh, grocery store or something. And so my aunt, being the kind lady she is, went in the grocery store and brought him out like a pie or something to eat. And the guy fucking threw it at her. I I worked with a guy... One of our one of our areas where our sewer goes, our lift station goes, there's like an overpass. And sometimes people would be kind of living under there in the, like the flat spots of the overpass. It's like the guitarist from, from Smogtown Guitardo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a throwback but, to a very uh, old you know, episode, people, if you got that comment. But I remember, uh, you know, there's a bunch of people, there was a couple beggars over there and a guy I worked with, kind of, a, kind of a redneck for being honest. He doesn't work with us anymore. He got fired, thank God. But he... Uh, Went over. He went over to Speedway and bought bought this guy some food. He brought him this food. He goes, "Here, man." The guy, oh, guy looks at it and he goes, "I can't eat that. I'm vegan." Oh, for fuck's sake! My my coworker, I swear, I thought he was gonna kill the guy. I thought he <laughs> like to let it go, dude. Let it go. <laughs> you matched him. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, go over there and right. fucking graze on some grass. You well, freak. I guess we're gonna lose our homeless slash vegan audience today. Neil. Yes, we are. Yes. You know, I suspect I suspect they're fairly small in number. Actually, I don't, my my daughter is a vegetarian, but not vegan. Which daughter? She's Alex, my older one. Okay, she's pretty low maintenance about it. She uh, so she works at def- Wendy's, but yeah. she's a vegan. <laughs> okay, she doesn't eat beef. She doesn't eat beef. Like once in a while, if she goes on a date or something. She'll eat fish if somebody insists on it. But but she uh, she's got a moral problem with these factory farms. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm like, well, whatever, do what you want. And she's pretty low maintenance about it, but it does occasionally cost me a little extra, no question. We get Chinese or something. Or she comes over for tacos. She has bean tacos. The rest of us are eating, like, chicken or beef. Like, right. Well, Lydia did that for a while. She about five years, actually, five or six years. She was vegetarian. But um, health-wise, it just it just isn't good. I mean, well, that's, that's you have to thing. be she's really careful. Sure Lots of protein, lots of iron. I mean, it can be done. Oh, it can be, but, yeah, but it's, it's but a lot more you, work. Alex is not a huge vegetable fan. Oh, that's a problem. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she'll eat cheese and she'll eat eggs, but uh, anyway. Once again, anyway. All right, now I'm going to play a song. Um, well, do you want to play a song or should I play a song? Because yours are, yours are based all around it. Well, I, thought, well, I guess mine are too, actually. Well, I think the first one is, I think the, the Richard Hell one could be appropriate. Sure. Go ahead. Go for it, mate. So this is Richard Hell and the Voidoids from their 77 album, Blank Generation, which had about three good songs on it. The rest of it I can hardly stand, but <laughs> it's still considered a landmark in American punk, right? Yeah, for sure. This yep. is definitely a classic a classic song. It's got kind of that rockabilly sort of beat, but I, most of you probably know it. Hell, we might have even already played it before. I don't know, 300, don't think 200, so, but maybe. 250 episodes or whatever, 250-some episodes. Anyway, this is Richard Hell and the Voidoids, Blank Generation. But when I die, it's the 
can take it or leave it each time Well, I belong to the generation But I can take it or leave it each time Okay, Richard Hell there. Um, Richard Hell and Avoidoids with Blank Generation. Former former television member, former... Heartbreakers, yeah, it, Yeah, it's, it's funny. I remember reading about that song, you know, back in the day, you know, when I was a young youngster living in, living in the Midwestern suburbs, you know, just dreaming of the you know, New York punk scene and reading about that because it was it was supposed to be like fill in the blank generation, yep. you know, like you, you fill in the generation, you fill yep. it in, you know, but, but it was so powerful as it was, which is the blank, you know, the blank generation. Anyway, it's cool, cool stuff, man. Like I said, one of like three or four really good songs on that, on that, uh, blank generation album. Uh, I mean, the rest of it is interesting and experimental in a, in a, you know, in a talking heads kind of way or something, but yeah. it's, uh, cause a guitarist, I think was an old hippie, uh, at heart. Uh, Robert Quine, I think, was his name. And, uh, Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, and I, I saw them, actually. I don't know if I talked about that one before. I saw them in Manchester, and uh, the Smiths' third gig, that was the Smiths supporting them in Manchester. So I got to see huh. the Smiths' third gig. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Neil, I went to... I went to oh, I'm sorry. You don't finish your story. I was no, I was just going to say, so I, I did actually have the privilege of seeing Richard Hell, but nice. in, the, in the show... Um, yeah, it was Blank Generation and Love Comes in Spurts. Those are the two, yep, <laughs> the yep, two yep. ones that you're looking forward to, right? Yep. It's like Jim Carroll, right? It's like everybody wants to hear people who died and Catholic Boy, but like that's about it. I yeah, think. for sure. Yeah. But you need to do a mini show. Is Richard Hell still alive? He's still alive, yeah. I think he's an author he? and he's kind of an actor and he's just yeah, a... I know. I say I know Jim Carroll's dead. A lot of them are dead. I get it, but Robert Quinn is dead, the, the guitar player from uh, The Voidoids. Hmm. He died a few years ago. But uh, yeah, I mean... I that's, was, uh, they did two albums, I think. They did Blank Generation, and then they did uh, what was the second one? Uh, I can't remember. But uh, oh yeah, they quite a drop off. I think that one had Kid with a Replaceable Head, which is another good song. But I think it was quite a drop off between the first and the second. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of them in that era. Yep. Um, I was at a record store today. There's a little one by where I work, and, I, and the guy that works there is great. I like going in there. It's not my. I, I, I always feel like I'm sort of cheating on Vertigo when I go to a different record store in town. But I just had a little bit of time to kill, and I had a little bit of cash in my pocket. Pretty bad. I fingered through all these punk records. You know what I bought, Neil? Uh, t- uh, Misfits Bootleg. No. Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great album cover. Anyway, I had the CD. I didn't have the vinyl. Anyway, bought that. But but he was like, and he he's a he's like into some jam bands and stuff. Like I said, a real nice guy. But he's like, ah, oh, you put on some Sun Ra while I was there. Oh, dear. And it was just like it literally sounded like they just somebody kicked the band down the stairs. <laughs> That's what the music sounded like. Yeah, but I know like the MC5 were huge into those guys, and I'm usually one who like when I when I hear a band that I admire talk about their influences, I'm like, oh, cool, I'll go back and listen to that. But yeah, that is that is not for me. Uh, no, and that's where I'm at in life now. I don't say things suck. I just say it's not for me. Oh, I still say things suck. Um, well, that's that's a very childish response, Neil. That's me. I'm People childish. Like what they like. <laughs> What's the matter with you, dude? When I flew out, to, I don't know if I told you this. When I flew out to Denver, I sat in front of this, or this guy sat in front of us that was going out there to see fish, and he already seen them thirty-two times this year. Oh, this year, Jesus! I'm like, who who could afford that? I right. mean, what, what is this guy? A freaking, I don't know. It must be an ambulance chaser or something. But yeah, he was going to see you, just and and 
I don't know, man. I just like the widespread panic guys. I mean, I, I know some. My, our, our good buddy Mark Frankel is one of those, and I think he's a fish guy too, isn't he? Yeah, not as much as widespread though. Um, mm. He was a deadhead and widespread panic guy, and they they do, man. They fucking all get together. They all know each other and go to this shit all around the country, and you know, well, trade bootlegs with, and posters and shit. The thing know. with Mark, I don't know him very well, and I don't want to speak for him, but I don't think he's a big pothead, is he? Um, he used. To, I don't know if he's a big pothead, but he used to do some. Because I mean, you you have to be anymore. high to enjoy. You have to be high to enjoy that music. <laughs> he tried. Play, he tried as we were driving around, going to skate parks and stuff. He would try playing it to me in the car, and it would be like one song I could stand. You know, be like Neil. Neil, you jumped out the door. He's like rolling down the <laughs> rolling down the side. And like thirty five minutes later, it's still the same song. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. There's gonna be another solo. He's like, kill me. <laughs> yeah. So. Speaking of shows, Neil, and and I, I know you put a picture, a couple pictures on the on the site. I was bummed, I you know, I, I couldn't make it. This is a Thursday night in Chicago, but you met our uh, pals, New Rocket Union. I did, I did. That was an interesting, interesting show. I think it was a week ago tonight or tomorrow. It was like what last Wednesday or last Thursday? Thursday. Wasn't it? Yeah, was it? Okay, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was an interesting one. It, it was in a place I'd never been to before, uh, a yep. bar called the Burlington. Um, Which I've heard of, but I haven't been there either. Yeah, it's just down full. Is it in the, actually, city? It in the city? In the city, yeah. Actually, one of the cool things is it's you have to pass by the uh, legendary Fireside Bowl to get to it. So, oh, was that right? Yeah, it's like a mile or two further west than the Fireside. So that was kind of cool. Mm. I, hadn't, I hadn't been by the Fireside in a long time. Um, Stop in a bowl a couple frames? No, man, it is such a classic old building, though, dude. I don't know if you've ever seen the building. It is, you've seen the outside of it, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking gorgeous looking i love it um scummy but you know it looks it looks ace sure um so yeah the burlington was just like a i like i said never i didn't know what to expect and just kind of a dive bar in the front with a couple of uh a door and kind of a little vestibule in the back and then it leads into the room where the gigs are you know so that's a separate room from like the main bar yep almost like maybe like 120 150 people maybe Max. Max, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was four bands playing, and I didn't get a good feeling when I first walked into the bar because there was like four people in there. <laughs> and and this you was, didn't know, and you didn't know what necessarily the guys looked like. No, I didn't know what John Ensley looks like. I'm yeah. New Rocket Union. Didn't know any of the other bands. I didn't know if anybody I knew was going to be there. But I figured because it'd been pretty heavy, heavily publicized. So I figured, at least in our little at least in our little world. Yeah, I figured there'd be you know people there, and I, yeah. I, like I say, the bar there was made like four or five people, and I wasn't super early. I think it was like doors at eight, and I got there at like eight fifteen or something. Uh, no, show was supposed to start at eight, and I was there at like eight eight oh five or something. I don't know eight fifteen, and the back doors weren't open yet to get into the stage place, mm-hmm. and um, so I sat at the bar at a couple. And uh, like I said, about four people. I was like, yeah, this doesn't look good. And so they open the doors and I go in into the venue. And there's literally, I think when I first walked in there, there's six people in there. Um, the for opening band was a band called Memento More, which if you hear that name, Memento More, what would you think? Like a post- uh, remember, remember death. It's like a... Yeah, like a death rock kind of thing, right? Yeah, or like a goth kind of thing, right? You would think sure. that. Yeah. No, they're a fucking oi band. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Of course, they love their foreign. Yeah, I mean, like the Templars and stuff. They love all that. 
it it was the weird, it was the weirdest just... thing, not what I was expecting at all. And but I should have known because they, as I was sitting at the bar at the begin uh, before that, you know, those guys guys kept coming from the back with flat caps on and 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 t shirts, you know, like Lonsdale t shirts. Every guy has every guy has suspenders on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I but I didn't know which band was which because it was four bands playing, right? Um. So yeah, so they were they were good. Um. Mm. Now there used to be. I guess there used to be a band called Stomping Grounds, which I don't know if you know them or not. Now that now that sounds like a good oi band name, yeah. right? So that was who they used to be, and then they I've changed, not heard of them, but then they changed. I guess they had an EP or two out from Chicago. Mm. Um, then they changed the name to Memento Mori for some reason, and uh, mm. I, they were good, snappy set, thirty minutes maybe. My sure. only advice to those guys would be, and uh, you know, you don't like to give advice to big working class skinhead guys, but yeah. um, my only advice to them, yeah, because you might run into them later. Um, maybe think about, you know, if you're not headlining, so it's not your fans there to see you, you might want to throw a, you know, even if you just throw one Oi classic or cover or something uh, into the show, especially as your last song, maybe throw a song in there that people know, you know, little, uh, take them all, take them all, put them up against the wall and shoot them if yep. you go a long way, right? Yep. Or yeah. something by Blitz or something. So, you know, a classic sure. that everybody knows and can tap along with, uh, that would be my only, my only criticism, I guess, but they were, they were mm. good. Um, Next up was, okay, so at this point, because there's only like eight people there. Sure. And I'm figuring one of these has to be John Ensley from New Rocket Union. And they were using the New Rocket Union drum kit. Mm. So I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, so That is weird because they came from Minneapolis and... And they weren't headlining. Well, I mean, that makes sense, though. You throw in some local bands because, you know, you don't want everybody to take off or whatever. But... It's just, yeah, it seems like usually the Chicago band would bring their kit. Right, and they would be headlining. Well, I see the headlining band I'd never heard I mean, of. it's a bar show. It's a bar show, and you'll call it headliner is, you know, it ain't like Madison Square Garden. It's a freaking bar show, you know? It's Madison Square Garden, yes. Um, well, but you know what I mean? Because headlining yeah. is, is dubious when it comes to punk shows, you know, the, the whole concept. Right. Um, let's see. Be, 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 be. Oh, yeah. This, uh, that main band was called Black Cat Heart Attack. They were the ones that were headlining, I guess. See, that sounds like a rockabilly band or something, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, see, see, as I was communicating with John before the show, he kind of told me about the opening bands. So the second band, though, was a band called The Rip Ups. So you met him at this point? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I went off. Oh, okay. I went off course there, didn't I? Yeah. Um, he's, like, he's like, I'd like, to, I'd like to come out, but I'm in the green room and I can't be bothered to come out to the bar and hang out with you. So no, he was one. Of, like you'd said to me, yeah, he's going to be a big, tall, bald guy with a hat on or something. I'm like, literally everybody. Well, every picture I see of him, yeah, was that every guy there? Every, everybody in the venue was <laughs> a big, tall guy, bald guy with a fucking hat on. So, but I was wearing wearing my punk till I die sweatshirt. So eventually, ah, he wandered over and introduced himself. So um, him and the drummer, Bruce. Oh, cool. So yeah, that was nice. Um, and by this time, somebody else had come in. Uh, Karen, who's a... Fr- not, the I've one known- who the letter. not the one who wrote the letter. No, no. I've known Karen. Oh, real for- Karen. Oh, I've known sorry. Karen for like probably... 30 years she was big into the chicago rockabilly scene and she's big. actually we, we've run we've run into her before yeah. when i've been with you right at channel three okay. yeah and the, you didn't talk to her at the like, cha- you like you hadn't arranged it with her she just no no she just she shows up to everything and she knows everybody dude somehow oh, that's she, cool somehow she knew new rocket union oh that's funny it was weird because she'd well, be up to they, minneapolis they played, i guess because i think they played chicago before i just you know i don't think this is their first trip to town no but she she knew him from minneapolis she'd been up to minneapolis and huh. been introduced to him so that's i think that's huh. why she that's was cool. there so um anyway yeah i talked talk to john for a while and then so the second band were a band called the rip-ups 
who were actually another two-piece, funnily enough, drummer and guitar singer. Oh. And they did some kind of crazy-ass Mac Curtis-style rockabilly. Um, guitarist had a huge, weird-ass hick beard. I mean, he looked like he just he just got off the John Deere and walked in there, to tell you the truth. And uh, I mean, they, they were they were wild. I wouldn't have wanted to see it for more than thirty minutes, but you know, they were sure. they were they were funny. They were good, entertaining for half hour. Yeah, and of course, Karen knew them too. So, <laughs> I think by this point there was ten people, but eight of them were near the bands. There so I go. do believe that Karen and I were the only two paying customers that night. <laughs> Well, Which were four bands? I hope it went to. I hope it went to the traveling band. <laughs> They're splitting twenty bucks between four yeah. bands. <laughs> you know. Well, I hope you drank a lot to make up for it. I did not. Yeah. No. <laughs> because there was no beer. There was no bar in the back. Um, but between bands, because Karen smokes, so we'd walk. Uh, we'd walk into the bar, and well, actually, she went outside to smoke, and then we'd have a drink in the bar, and then we went back inside again. But um, New Rocket Union came on, and they were fucking great. Um, if you ever get the chance to see them, they'd be a great tip-top band, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I've said that before, and then nobody showed up for a band that I recommended that, tip, <laughs> that play the tip-top, so I don't want to. <laughs> Matter of fact, they broke up. Who did? Um, when when we had Ryan from uh, 500 Miles from Memphis on, I said, you know, tip-top would be a great venue for you, which it would have been. But it was kind of a they had kind of bad luck because, oh, well, it was a number of things. Yeah, they did. not a lot of people turned out. Oh. But they played their last show. They they or they're at least taking an extended hiatus. Oh, they so. broke up. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, they're going to go on to other stuff. Okay. Yeah, uh, Ryan Ryan was the young guy in the band. You know, at like thirty eight or whatever. Yeah, he'll go on to do other stuff. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he's talented, talented kid. You know, talented kid. But anyway, New Rocket Union are really good. Um, powerful. You know, you wouldn't know they're yeah. just a two piece drummer and he plays guitar and their, sings. Their records are really good. I mean, do you have both of them or just I do. One? You I, got at least one of them, right? No, yeah, I've got both good. of them. Yeah, I got both of them. Uh, yeah, they're real good. They did a they did a nice mixture. Played for like thirty minutes. They did a nice mixture sure. of both albums, and they played two covers. They played, uh, which was really unexpected. They played a Gun Club cover, which you know I huh. love the Gun Club. They played Sex Beat, yep. and uh, they did a killer version of uh, Devo's "Girl You Want," huh. which cool. was really good. And Bruce was saying he kept fucking up the drumming, but with that song because there's so many gaps and stuff in it and it's such yeah, a weird yeah, tempo you wouldn't know yeah you know you wouldn't know you i don't know how i don't know if i could play the guitar line on it's got like a it's yep. like a yep exactly cool. well they did a great job with that was their last song uh so you know what i'm gonna play a song i am gonna play uh the original uh gun club song i'm gonna play uh, so this is sex beat by the gun club off their fabulous. this is from which album uh the fire of love the first album the first one. Yep, okay, cool. yep. So, uh, yeah, Gun Club, Sex Beat. Johnny's got a lot of his eyes in. Shirley's got a lot of her lips. Jake's got a monkey shine on his head And Deborah Ann's got a tiger in her hips They can twist and turn, they can move and burn They can throw themselves against the wall But they creep for what they need And they explode to the car And then they move! Like I told you, 
big like a saw Very stupid as the simple thought Of ever thinking at all And all the mind, all the soul, all the body All we know, all the things that should have made us whole All the colorless security Was only so we could go gun club there with sex beat hopefully you all know that that's a fucking great album and you should all own it uh, did you uh did you sex beat a path out of there as soon as they were done or i did, did sex a for, <laughs> i did did you hang up for the last band no i did not i did not it was probably because you know it's it didn't start till eight thirty, quarter to nine so by this time it was ten thirty, quarter to 11 it's a school night remember it's either wednesday or sure. thursday i don't remember so i did i'm afraid i didn't stay for black cat's heart attack sorry guys um, all I know about them is John told me that they opened for the Woggles. I have no idea who the fucking Woggles are, though, so that didn't wow. mean anything to me. <laughs> that and 50 cents will get you half a candy bar, huh? <laughs> right, right. So I got to assume that it the other... Actually, the Woggles sounds kind of familiar, but I don't know what it is. I got to assume that the other guys in the crowd who weren't in the Rip-Ups or Memento Mori, I'm assuming they had to be the Black cat union oh that's right I, this is what i wanted to say so maybe this was one of the guys from black cat heart attack some dude wandered in some tall dude um with a, a cute girl on his arm he had oh, on nice. he had <laughs> and it's you know it's it's 10 o'clock in chicago it's fucking dark and this bar is dark he came in in sunglasses and he was wearing a mask Hmm. and earplugs and a hat basically you couldn't see his face he could have been the invisible oh. man for all i know <laughs> from Atlanta, Georgia, active since 87, the Woggles. Well, 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 there you go. How about Black Cat Heart Attack? See if you can look them up real fast. But anyway, so maybe this guy was one of the guys from Black Cat Heart Attack, because he was like mm. he was like person number 13 or something that came in, him and his girlfriend. So um, maybe that tall stranger in the in the mask and the goggles was, uh, was in Black Cat Heart Attack. But anyway, I left. I didn't find out. So talked to John and those guys a little bit more. I had some pictures taken with them. Bought a T-shirt because they needed uh, they needed money. Gas to money. Get, yeah, needed yeah. gas money to get because they were playing Indianapolis on Saturday. They were playing. Yeah, uh, they were doing punk, punk rock, rock night. night. Yeah, that so, that has a pretty good pretty good built in audience. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I'm sure they went down well there and hopefully sold some merch so they could drive back to Minneapolis. But uh, yeah. 
yeah, it was. They're a it, good band, guys. You should support them. I mean, we've we've talked them up quite a bit, but yeah, they're yeah. they're. I, I haven't I haven't met them, but uh, yeah, they're a good band. Yeah, nice guys. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was that night. I got home about eleven thirty, probably somewhere like that, which was fine. You know, hmm. made it to work, well, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I bought a t-shirt because it's actually a pretty cool t-shirt. So you know, you sometimes you buy a t-shirt from a band and you you really don't even like it, but you're buying it just to support them. You know, yeah. But yeah, it, this yeah. is this is this one's pretty cool. Good. They uh they have interesting art on their they they always do pretty cool art on their albums. They too, do. So. They really do. They do a really nice job of packaging the whole thing. Yeah, um, they do. Considering I think they pretty much are self financed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, so the biggest takeaway was how disappointed I was to be going to this smallish punk show in Chicago when there was twelve people there. It was just disappointing. I thought there'd yeah. be more people supporting the local scene or whatever, but I guess not. Neil, yes, it's mostly posers nowadays. Nobody goes out anymore. Only us old guys. I'm convinced. I mean, there's all these thirty-three-year-olds going. Oh, I can't go out on a Tuesday night. It's like, shut up. Yeah, don't get me started on that. Well, I will. I do want to get started on that because that's something I want to riff on. But I want to, uh, you know, you probably got some things to talk. Actually, well, well, you've just been away, so tell us about your trip. Well, I just we went. Uh, Scott, my friend, of course, that you know real well, and his wife Tammy, who you also know, the Ayatollah of rock and roller. Yes, <laughs> that beard, having, man. Yeah, that that beard, fucking huh? beard. Looks like my my son described it as bride of Frankenstein beard because it's mostly black, but it's got kind of like white stripes in it. Um, <laughs> It was their 25th anniversary, so we went to a place that actually we've been to before since I've been doing this podcast. We went there two and a half years ago. Went to a place called Tybee Island, Georgia, which is right by Savannah. Okay. So we just directly fly into Savannah. It's like an hour, 45 minutes from our airport here. We fly down there, and we just ate and drank and laid on the beach, and we're married for like a weekend. So that was cool. So how do you get down to uh, – how do you get to Tybee Island from the airport? You rent a car? Uh, it is about it is about a hundred dollar cab ride, I must say. Oh, you, you didn't rent a car, you, you got a cab. Yeah, nah, we're just nah. We, it was such it was such a short weekend too. You know, we left Friday morning and we came back Monday morning. It was mm-hmm. it was honestly it was fun. The only thing the only bear about it was that when we came back on Monday morning, the flight out was like eight thirty a.m. So we had to be in the cab like six a.m. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're up till one o'clock in the morning, you know, drinking or whatever. So and, the, but, and you, uh, so you're flying to Savannah. How's that? Is that a nice airport? Yeah, small. Like Grand Rapids, real small. Yeah. Because Atlanta's um, airport's a nightmare. Well, I told you about Denver. I mean, I, I was... It was horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, Atlanta's huge. Um, but, you know, we have this discount airliner, Legion Airlines, that flies direct. And it's just... I can't tell you how great it is to be... You know, you get to the airport, and a couple hours later, you're at your destination. It's just... So we, we fly them a lot. We flew them to Austin. We've done it to Vegas a couple times. Now, were you allowed we, to take carry-on and stuff, or do you have to, you have to pay for carry-on and shit like that? Uh, you know, they they do kind of nickel and dime you. They're mm-hmm. cheap, but, you know, they nickel and dime you, and you're, you get a personal item, but carry-ons you have to pay for. And We just check one big bag. Okay, yeah. Because Scott and Tammy always check their bags, so we just so they got to wait in line. we got to wait in line anyway, so we just we just check one. My wife and I share a bag. Okay. I didn't. I didn't bring any pajamas, Neil. If you know what I'm saying. Well, let me <laughs> let, let, let me guess. Let me guess. You brought you brought a couple of band T-shirts and a couple of pairs couple of shorts. That was it. Couple, and a Hawaiian shirt. Hawaiian, yeah. Couple Hawaiian shirts. Couple <laughs> pairs of pants. And so and your and your van. You, you, sorry, you wore shorts, your vans. Yeah. Uh, you wore I your brought, vans checkerboard. Uh, I brought yes. I brought two pairs of van slip-ons. I wore one pair of them. Yep. The pair stayed in the bags the whole time. Um, I do pack light, man. I can, I can live on a backpack for a week. Um, 
I did go to a show too, and I'll briefly mention it. It, it was it was at one of my least favorite venues in town called Tony Monroe Live, which I must say, Neil, did you see that the Ticketmaster slash Live Nation venues have decided to stop taking merch cuts? Did you see that? I it's did just, not. No, that's good. It's just in the news the last couple of days. Hmm. They're getting a lot of bad publicity. But I'll tell you, I don't man, what were t shirts at this thing? I can't remember, thirty five, forty maybe? Well who was a band? You haven't said who the band was bucks? yet. Was Gaslight Anthem? Oh, that's right, Gaslight Anthem. You did go see real, them, yeah. Real popular, like ten years ago. Yep. Kind of a Springsteen punk rockabilly social D kind of thing. Yep. A lot of a lot of sad songs, really. A lot of songs about getting dumped and whatnot. And I had been listening to them leading up to it, and I was pretty excited about it. But I gotta say, overall, it was just it was just okay. It wasn't bad. It was just it was kind of dull. And, so, so yeah. is it the original band or is it like a whole new bunch of guys? No, I think it's the original band. Hmm. Because the singer does like a solo thing. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Brian Fallon. Brian Fallon, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, uh, but it was, it was okay. Like I said, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't. Eh, I got to tell you, it didn't really, didn't do much for me. Now, it was how was sad? How was the crowd? Good. I mean, you know, place holds a couple thousand. I it wasn't sold out. There's a good crowd there. Hmm. Yeah, they played Riot Fest a, a couple days later, I think. Yeah, well, they played the yeah because they played Saturday during Rapids the weekend at Riot Fest, so they either played Friday or Sunday at Riot Fest. Yeah, and of course, you know, I I talked about this last time we did a solo that freaking Exploited canceled. Yep. So I was going to go to Detroit for like a couple of days. We we're going to go see the Exploited. We we're going to go see Danzig do the whole first album. We we're going to go see a Tiger game and instead work. Oh, that sucks. So yeah, and I I also I sold my Metallica tickets. Oh. Do you make a profit? Slight. Hmm. Nothing major. But it was just going to be a pain. It's that weekend I'm coming to see you in Chicago instead in November. So for that anti-heroes show. So you're not going to see three hours of that that, that, that Metallica show probably be as long as the uh, six-band uh, street well, punk yeah, fest. Well, yeah, two openers both nights, and they played two and a half hours. So Good Lord, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I just, it was going to be a huge pain in the neck. So I just, yeah, I just punted. So I'll go see Antiheroes in Chicago on Saturday and the Dwarves on Sunday. Yeah. And then we got a, uh, Loud Pizza Records is actually having Blag and, uh, Nick, Nick Oliveri. Nick Oliveri. It's coming out to the record store on the Monday like a night. Dwarves acoustic thing. Yeah, to yeah. do it, to do an in-store Dwarves Which acoustic thing. Which sounds amazing. On Monday night. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm DJing somehow. I don't know how I've been roped yeah. into that, but I'm DJing. And I guess our name is going to be somewhere on there too that we're helping to throw this in downtown Highland Park on a Monday night. So that's going to be are kind thri- of weird. We are thrilled to be involved and I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. So. Oh dear. Well. <laughs> but no, I, I like that. I love to be attached to that. That's great. If I can make it, I would definitely, you know, we would do something podcast wise. But I think, you know, DJ Jazzy Neal. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a, a whole big, rap uh, set. There's a big clause. <laughs> yes. but so, I'm going to play some salt and pepper. Well, and the funny, so the funny thing is I'm going to see Agent Orange set. Here's the other thing. I volunteered. We got a, one of our kids at work broke his foot. So we're all kind of covering for him, and a couple of the guys I work with Hunt. So I'm working this weekend. It's weird, you know. I really don't. I really don't need the money or really want the overtime anymore, Neil. But I did need it for so long that I just still take it. So I, I don't know what to think about that. That's working class, my friend. Working class. Yeah, you're the 59 sound. You're right up Gaslight Anthem's alley. Exactly. For God's sakes. But yes. I got somebody covering for me Saturday, so I can go see 
Agent Orange for about the fifteenth time. Now, dude, now they're playing here on the Friday. They're playing. Uh, yep. They're playing Cobra Lounge again. Yep. But, tip top on Saturday. And I thought about it, but when I saw who's opening up for them, like last time I saw them, it was Dykroitz and all the crosses, whatever. Um, you know. Yeah. Great, great they opener. They, last tour, they they had local openers. They didn't have anybody with them. So this time. They've got some fucking piece of shit thing called the Spice Pistols, Dude, which is you haven't even you haven't even heard of. I looked them up on fucking on fucking YouTube. I sent it to you. What you really really want? Yeah. yeah, it was horrible. It was the it was ugly ass guys dressed up in drag doing like punked up version of Spice Girls songs. It's like yeah, that's fine for like someone's well, like, and some Sex Pistols stuff too. Dude, that's fine. That's fine for someone's like bachelor party or some shit. You do not want to be fucking touring <laughs> with Agent Orange with that bullshit. Fuck off with that. I'm I'm paying for a ticket, and you want me to fucking see that no thank you very much wow tell us how you really feel <laughs> they do so, yeah i think it's just the two bands in grand rapids i don't even think they have a local opener so yeah i think it is too so uh but that that you were talking about that oi show in chicago holy cow was there six bands eight bands something and a dj playing reggae oh which one the uh the anti-heroes one yeah yeah anti-heroes it's, it's noise anti-heroes, noise fear city antagonizers atl Oh, uh, a couple of a other lot. ones, yeah. A couple of other. Yeah, there's ones. at least six bands. At yeah. least. Yep, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a long day. Ah, you could do it. Yeah, maybe. Old style. Um, old style. I'm drinking that swill. Uh, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Um, you know, we should play a song. Um, you want to play one, or you want me to? I don't. I know I will because I'll I'll okay. keep up from my new Rocket Union set. Um, okay. I am going to play... Okay, so this is... So that band Memento Mori, the Oi Band, who opened up. Um, yep. I couldn't find anything by them, but this is the mm. old band they were in called Stomping Grounds. So this is off their EP. I think it's just called Stomping Grounds. And this song is called The Heart of They Stomp. Nice.
stomping grounds from Chicago there. Chicago Union Proud. Little, uh, guys. Little, play, little play on the Heart of They Fall kind of thing. Yep, yep. I think so. It's a good song, uh, though. Good song. Apparently, they couldn't get onto the Antiheroes bill, though, huh? Unless they've changed the name again. They must not be in with Fear City. Fear City, yeah. Maybe, yeah. It's a shame they couldn't get on it, actually, because they, they, they'd have fitted right in. That would have been a good, a good thing for them. Um, yeah. Well, I know you have something you want to rant about, but I've got something I want to rant about as well. So do you want to... Well, do you want to go first? I don't care. Sure. Well, this was something, and I kind of mentioned it to you in, in the text last week, but just something on Instagram that really pissed me off. And like mm. 20, 25, from 25 to 35, it's the most insufferable fucking generation in the world. Um so that would so, be what the is that is that what they call Gen Z or is that Young Millennials? I wonder. Young Gen, Millennials. Gen Wanker. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Someone posted a video of Lemmy, and it was it was well, obviously it was an old video because he's been dead for a while, right? But uh, you know, yeah. I don't know, it's from the nineties or something. He's still alive. He's still alive in my heart, Neil. And he and he was saying he was saying, you know, uh, you're not a real band unless you've toured. You know, he was saying about bands that just form to play in the studio, and he's uh, like, well, you're not oh a real boy, band. Our pop punk, our pop punk friends are going to be very agitated. <laughs> they start a new band every week and, and, they, never and, play the and they were, and they were. But you know, he's got a fair point. You're not a real band unless you're touring and you play your songs out live in front of real in front of an audience and stuff. Otherwise, you're just sure. basically session musicians or bedroom musicians. That's what you you're are. You're wanking. You're a wanker. Yeah. You're so, um, to me, that's that's fuck it. That's, that, Seems that, pretty cut and dried, right? Yeah, cut and dried. Exactly. That that's very true. But God, yeah, he rattled a lot of people's cages. So there was these uh, piece of shit wankers were like, uh, "Oh, he's just a boomer. Oh yeah, I should be like you and be getting drunk every night and, and playing the same song for thirty years." It's like well, what you is wish it? you had his. You wish you had was one hit. How you write a riff? You write a riff as good as freaking Ace of Spades once, and you could talk trash. It's like how fucking dare you have anybody to fucking rip into? Try and rip into Lemmy, fucking you know. <laughs> I was gonna say a living legend, but you know what I mean. Guy eats pieces of shit like you for breakfast. Oh, <laughs> time legend. Yeah, yeah. It's just fucking ludicrous. These fucking wimpy ass fucks in their fucking bedrooms who haven't been out <laughs> since fucking COVID, sitting there and quivering behind their keyboard because they feel personally I'm insulted because Lemmy said something nasty about my band. Fuck off! So Dude, got me angry. Uh, got me angry. I did, I did something that you love to do that I never do. I've, I've, I had, a, I had, a, I argued with somebody on the internet. Yay! Good for you. Well, I, I wrote a a review of the uh, Dead Milkwood show when I saw him in Hamtramck. Yeah, I don't know that I ever used the word punk in the review at one time. Maybe I did once or twice, but I'm not even sure. But somebody went on there and said, <laughs> "Not punk. This Dead Milkwood are not punk at all." Now they're old men, they're just boring, or they're always boring, but now they're old men that are boring or something. I'm like, okay. Don't I'm you, like, okay, I don't know why. I don't know why the guy took the time to write this. So oh, I, you love I, it when like a 25 year old is telling you well, what I punk is? Pro, I click on his profile. That's the thing, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this guy's some kind of a, thinks he's some kind of an influencer or something. He's trying to be funny. So so I'm, I'm trying to stimulate conversation. So I say, hey, why don't you make a list of what's punk and what's not so that so the rest of us can use it as a reference guide? <laughs> Thinking went, went right over his head. Would, thinking maybe that he would look at this and say, "Okay, that was kind of a douchey thing to say." You're right. Yeah. The the thing is, you know, it, you know, it's, you could say, in my opinion, yes. they suck. In my opinion, but but if you're going to say it definitively, you must have a degree in it or something or some kind of credentials that would make it, you know, that you could speak definitively on the subject. But yeah, instead of saying, "Okay, that was kind of a douche thing," he said, "Hey, that's a great idea." <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and, and I start arguing with and, and this guy's from Detroit. How old? And, uh, How old? I, I don't know, younger than us, I'm sure, or younger than me. But but the thing is, I, I'm like he, I'm like I'm like, listen, dude, I ran into a lot of old Detroit punkers there. So you know, you could talk credibility, all you, but but this guy was arguing about, oh yeah, there was nobody there, and I was, I, sh- I showed literally pictures from the event. There was thousands of people there. Yeah, it was insane. But this guy, all I could think was, this guy doesn't have one punk friend, and he doesn't know who any of these people are. I live three hours away, and I know I know more of these people than he does. Yeah, because all he does is sit behind his keyboard. All right. And uh, eventually, he actually quit. He just he just dropped out, which was nice. <laughs> Way to go! So you I, won. You I won. Think, I think he could tell he wasn't going to outlast me. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I, I just and and but it was just like, for one thing, I didn't feel particularly good about it. like what am I doing here? What am I doing, Neil? Why am I wasting my time talking to this guy? All I could think is, I really would like this guy to know what his teeth taste like. Well, he, as, as he's swallowing them, but you know, I know that's not the right answer. Violence is the—it's an answer, but it's not the right answer. See, here's the thing: if you were not there at the time, you have no right to judge what's punk and what isn't. I get into that same thing with people on on in Facebook and actually in the punks in the punk uh, punks not dead message board saying the jam the jam were punk they were never punk. It's like if you were there in '77, they were about as fucking punk as they come. Sorry, mate. Wow. Now, 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 looking back, looking back, maybe not so, maybe not so much. They're more of a mod band. They were more of this. But sure. at the time, yeah, their records were in the punk section. In the city was in the punk section. In the city was yeah. a punk record. You know, they had short hair and they had fucking straight leg trousers. That made you a punk back in the day. Um, well, you know, they played the fucking Roxy. They played, they played all the places the punk bands played. So you weren't there. So shut the fuck up. There well, it's like the it's like the dead milkman, you know. They're, they're they're I get it. There's a comedy element, so some people automatically write it out, but they write some of the most <clears throat> acerbic lyrics mm-hmm. that you'll ever see. These are these are lyrics are attacking. They're political, but they're funny, so it's sort of a novelty thing. I mean, everything's bitchy Camaro, but bitchy Camaro is just one little piece of the puzzle. You know right. what I mean? These, this this band and. And I, in 1985, I might have been the first one to say they're not punk. But the fact matters, they've been doing it for 40 years. They don't need to be legitimized by some 30 year old who writes a freaking blog in Detroit. Right. I mean, I, you know, I never, I never liked them, but I knew a lot of my punk friends in Chicago sure. in like '85 who did like them, and sure. you know, they had dead milkman stickers and stuff, and that was what you know they really liked them. So yeah, they were there. They were part of the scene. Of course, they yeah, were. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's just yeah. So I like I said, I didn't feel particularly good about it. But but you know, so shoehorning off of this, I'm still in a group that I think you're not in anymore, Neil. And I think it's that punk seventy six to seventy nine. I fucking I got rid of that. This after is the about most a month. insufferable yeah. group I've ever heard of. As a matter of fact, all right, yep. let's play Neil. Let's play, let's play one of my songs. Well, let's play a song right now, mine. Let's play. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter really any of them. Let's play fifty third and third. Let's do the Ramones fifty third and third. All right, let's uh, let's do this classic of the first Ramones album for sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. This is a is this is literally as punk as it can get it, even by the old definition of punk, right, Neil? Yep. For the sure. Prison prison punk. Prison punk. Yes. Yeah. Turning <laughs> tricks. Yes. All right. This is yeah. Ramones fifty third and third. <laughs> Standing on the street, 
All right, well, that one doesn't need an introduction or an outro. No, Obviously, I've, everybody I've, everybody I've, knows that. So, And if you I don't, don't then damn. What are you doing but in this podcast? The thing with this group, you know, it's, yeah, I think it's a similar makeup to that Punk It's Not Dead group that you and I have been in for years. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's called Punk 76 to 79. I feel like it's run by somebody who's not English or American. I feel it might be like a Middle Easterner or something. Oh, that guy. And he's always like, what about this band? Yeah, so <laughs> what about this number band? One, number 124, the Peel Sessions, the Radiators <laughs> from Outer Space. Yeah. <laughs> but But there's a lot of... It's a lot of virtue signaling considering it's a bunch of older guys. Yep. That are just as dumb as the kids. But it's these British guys, Neil, and I know you're a British guy, but I know you don't feel this way, and I'm, I'm going to try really hard not to make you feel attacked. No, it's fine. But, you know, at one point, the British Empire controlled half the world from this little country of 60 million or something, right? It was about 20 million then, probably, yeah. But now it's all gone. The Empire's gone. The influence is still there to a certain extent, but the Empire's gone. But all that remains of it, Neil is the smugness among 65-year-old former <laughs> punk rockers. I believe that that's the only thing that's left of the British Empire. Not only will they not accept the... I mean, they just they just won't even hear that punk isn't strictly a British institution born in Britain. They won't even listen to arguments that it wasn't born in Britain, even if they have to ignore key elements in the timeline. Mm-hmm. Yep. But they... Uh, but they're 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 talking. But they they was talk smack about how the Ramones are just a boring rock and roll band while they extol the virtues of the members and oh, nine 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 and yeah. all these other yeah. boring ass <laughs> bands. You know, it's insane. And and you know the 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 thing that caused British punk was the same thing that caused American punk. It was this innuendo among the youth, this this restlessness of, of prog rock. And it was sort of all happening at the same time. Yes. But there's certainly no denying that Malcolm Mc, Malcolm McLaren, Malcolm McLaren, right? Malcolm McLaren, yep. You know, their hero was certainly going to New York, back and forth in New York all the time. Well, you played Richard Hell earlier, and Richard Hell was the one that started the uh, ripped the clothing fashion. and the safety the pins. Fashion. That's yep. exactly right. Yep. Well, and, and like I said, it, but they, you know, they, oh, the Ramones didn't consider themselves punk. Nobody could, I'm like, yeah, but they were, they, their music was inspired by the same thing, the sort of boredom with the bad 70s prog rock on the radio even though i'm currently reading this book called an oral history of punk and it's all these english guys and they all love that stuff they were all into Hawkwind and mata hoople and stuff you know what i mean they were all into anyway it's just so infuriating to me okay you get you i get it british punk was british it existed from 1976 to 1979 that was it we know <laughs> it died after that <laughs> But this this sort of smugness, it just I just want to start punching old British guys in the face, man. Well, the problem with the smugness is, and I get this with a lot of English people, that they think they know. And they actually don't. They just know this little part of it. And that's, I guess that's not just a British thing. It's a, it's a, it's no. a 25 to 35-year-olds. They know a little bit of something. Dude, these guys are 65. No, but I'm just saying it's the same kind of smugness. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. And y- y- the bands themselves. Like Joe Stroma from The Clash said, you know, the fucking we saw the Ramones at the Roundhouse in '76, and you know that changed everything. And then the yeah. Pistols, the Pistols were there too. I mean, you know, they these people have said it, so I don't know. There's really no arguing with it because the fucking the people have said it that that's what they were. They, I mean, I, they I were blown just, away by. I mean, it. I get angry too when I see these American millennial types. You know, oh, the the Sex Pistols were a boy band. You know, that irritates me too. I'll yeah, defend, that's as I'll annoying def- as that. Def- yeah. I'll defend the pistols, but this sort of, I mean, could you imagine 
not liking the Ramones. I, I don't want to live in a world where most people don't like the Ramones. I know a lot of people don't even know who the Ramones are, but I, my mom likes the Ramones, man. I mean, we can buy the T-shirts that, at fucking Target. So you not know. that that gives you punk credibility, but you know, I mean, it's just like, come on. But but once again, you know, and and even you know, so you had the first wave of punk, right? You know, and I read a book, and I was going to try to find it, and I know I've talked about this before, but listen, punk hit different in England than it did here. I don't think there's any denying it. When you got a country of you know, like I said, of 60 million people at that point, that's the size of Iowa. Yeah, it, it was much more of a phenomenon in England. There's no question about it. Here, it was, you know, fairly limited to the coasts and big cities. I mean, there were more punks in America, but they were so spread out, you know. Um, so, yeah, I get it. I get it. The English punk was, was different, and it was more of a phenomenon as far as the country goes. I, I don't deny that, but I don't know. I, and it, But this this... Oh, the smugness of these English guys, man. Like I said, and they don't, and then, you know, obviously the first wave burned out, and then what happened? Then all of a sudden in England you had discharge, in America you had black flag, you know, but they don't, most of them don't even acknowledge that. Well, most, well, that, and that's one of the but things. But it was constantly bouncing back and forth, right? Like bouncing back yeah. and forth between the coast. They inspired each other, they, they influenced each other, you know? Well, that's what's so stupid about the whole thing. And it's not just U.S. versus America. I mean, Australia shit was happening at the same time. Yeah, the, exactly. the, Saint, the Saints formed like mid 76. They put out the first record in 76. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there was shit happening. There was bands in France. This, there was, there was there disillusioned was youth. O- there was bands in Ohio, you know, the pagans were in Cleveland, yep. you know, uh, Rocket from the, the Dead Boys yeah. in Cleveland, you know they were or the yeah Rocket from, from the Tombs. I mean, Rocket from yeah, the Tombs. Yeah, yeah, there was all this, there was all this stuff happening, and 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 uh, I mean, I, I mean, youth, youth, you was disillusioned all over the world, and this shit was yeah. happening all over the world. Now, the fashion, you know, a lot of the fashion stuff, Malcolm McLaren and Sex and all that stuff, that yeah, yeah. that that was English, but American. Well, punk, once again, though, he borrowed heavily from yeah. like Richard Hell was had the ripped T-shirts and the safety pins and all that. Well, so and and the dolls were hugely influential on the you know the. But, the New York Dolls started, you know, with their first album, about 73. Yeah. Hugely influential on that stuff. But but see, he would morph that with some old English, like Teddy Boy style and stuff like sure. that, with the with the Creepers and stuff. So, yeah, the, that they had a look of their own that was different than the American look, but they happened simultaneously. And the fact that people are still trying to claim one thing over the other. Like, on, on, the, on that uh, Facebook forum, every year that shit comes up. Every year, someone brings it up. The same fucking tired story of, eh, Sex Pistols were first. Look, they formed in 74. And I got him with a guy, yeah, it was Ramones formed in 74, and Joey was doing stuff in 72. I mean, what, well, what's and, your and point? Well, and the Pistols didn't sound like the Pistols in 74. The no. Ramones sound like the Ramones in 74. Right. It, it's, and, the whole uh, thing is just so I tiresome. I mean, Rotten didn't join the Pistols till, till towards the end of 75, and at that point, they had an identity, you know? Yeah, I'm reading all about it right now, and you know, all those shops on Kings Road and all that stuff. It's fast. It's fascinating. It's an interesting. But you know, everybody loves to put an isolated quote from Joe Strummer or Johnny, or you know, or, or, or well, Johnny Rot or something to think their opinion. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we, you and I were laughing about this earlier. You can find a quote from Johnny Lydon saying anything. He never shuts up. Right. Well, and I like the guy. I can't even I'm not even talking bad about him. I think he's one of the true great characters of the movement. Well, I think that's I think that's what got you annoyed actually because I think that's what brought this topic up again on on that forum was John Lydon said something like yeah punk was born in England it was nothing to do with America because we were listening to Bowie and Mott the Hoople or something and it's like well yeah American kids were listening to the Dolls and uh, the MC5 I mean you know well, just, the, the, <laughs> the Bowie influence on English punk that's one thing I might have underestimated because every one of these guys they all love Bowie right 
They all love but Bowie. Yeah, they love Bowie. They loved Roxy Music, and they love Mott the Hoople. And yeah. the remote, you know, the the early American punks love. You know, they came from the Dolls and the MC Five, and you know, yeah. so it was all it was different, but it was all happening at the same time. So just shh, fucking shut up. <laughs> All right, that's and it. it's all I, good. It's all, no, and, re- and the thing is, I don't want to rave about it forever, but like, well, I just it's just it's so pointless. But and it does seem to me like the English are more smug about it. But you know what I mean? These old English guys. And oh I'm, yeah, and listen, I got that. Yeah. Americans too. I'm not saying otherwise, but 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 the thing the thing that's so stupid about it is the music's there to enjoy. Go and fucking no, discover it's not, you know, it. There to argue about. Go and discover it. I mean, you know, these English guys, they're probably saying that because they've never fucking heard the MC5. They probably never listened to the dolls. You know what I mean? They probably never listened to it. So it's like, well, just go out there and fucking listen to it and then come back with an informed opinion. You know, like they'll do that, you know, oh, his four albums, rate these, you know, one, two, three, four or whatever. Which one are you going to yeah. listen to first? And there'll be an American one in there and that one will always come last. And it's like, it's not because it's bad. It's because you haven't fucking heard it. So, well, yeah, when the first Ramones album comes after, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, some of these just <laughs> such mediocre. Yeah, pre- and, and I'm not talking about like you know, never mind the Bullocks. I'm talking about, about the first or Ramones something, album yeah. comes after. Comes after you know, at the Chelsea nightclub by the freaking members or something, you know. <laughs> which is a fi- which is a fine album, but it's it it's is, not it's not earth shattering. It's yeah. hardly a punk. I mean, it's hardly a hard you know like a serious punk record, you know. Sound of the Suburbs is a jam. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. If you don't know yet, if you don't know the history, say that you don't know it, and maybe educate yourself a little bit, and then maybe you'll have a different opinion. Maybe, maybe. maybe Look at the time. I mean, like I said, it's amazing. It's it's literally like they can they don't even when the time frame is presented to them, they're like nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. You know, I'm gonna play a song from the year I came. I was born. The year I was hatched. Go, go for it. This is actually. Yeah, this is from the first album. This is New York Dolls, looking for a kiss. Kiss my ass, Englishman, old Englishman. Except for you, Neil. Oh, are you sure? Did you get to play that one? Okay. Is that what I said? No, you said Babylon. Oh, Babylon for the second album. Okay. Well, we can do let's either do, one. Which one Which one do you want? Let's do Babylon. I like It's literally the only truly classic. The second album was a serious downfall, of course, it was. too fast, yeah. too soon. But this is a great song. One of their all-time greats from the second album. So I don't know. Was it 74, 75? Babylon. All right, this is from after I was born. I listened to this when I was one year old. <laughs> true, punk, true punk rocker right there. My favorite jam, yeah. <laughs> this is Ted Nugent. All right. Come on, boys!
the New York Dolls with Babylon um, of the second record, which was, what was that one called? Too Fast, Too Soon. Too Much Too Soon. Too, too Much Too Soon. Too Much Too Soon. Yeah. And honestly, I've, I've enjoyed it more as I've gotten older. I think all the second, you know, all the two album bands, there was always a serious downfall. You know, even, even the Dead Boys, as good as the second Dead Boys album was, it wasn't nearly as good. At least production-wise, is the first album. You know, it just didn't have the energy. Have you have uh, you have you bought that alternate take version of the second one? I haven't. It's actually good? it's actually really good. It's more raw. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm waiting for like a proper reissue of that. You know, like somebody to do like what Jackpot did with Young Loud and Snotty. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to do that because of the animosity between Cheetah and the. Uh, well, but I mean, they did the first one. Why they wouldn't did. it be? Yeah. Maybe maybe I, I maybe somebody else owns that. Who the fuck knows? I mean, it was right? like I found a red copy of that one for like seventy five bucks. I don't know. It was like ten years old or something. But mm. I didn't buy it. I had to buy Iron Maiden instead. <laughs> yeah, you had to. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, if somebody wants to put that out, I'm looking at you, Matt. Failure Records and Tapes could be your biggest release to date. Well, like I say, that 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 alternate takes of the second album is actually much better it's like a different yeah. playing order and it's uh it's it's better than the now i can't remember who was it that it was someone from some some metal was, band or something that produced no that it was like from album. mountain or somebody it was from like some 10 cc it was some like rock band guy oh well, like, yeah i don't remember yeah. yeah but anyway yeah so the the production was great but it's got some fucking great songs on it it does it does great songs um so what were we talking oh yeah so talking about that that New York versus London thing. So actually, I come across something really funny on Inst- on YouTube the other day. It was uh, it was the Sex Pistols. It's, it was fairly modern, like over the last couple of years, I think. And it was Sex Pistols walking around London revisiting some of their old haunts. So it was like Steve Jones and Paul Cook, and then they're walking around Soho and you know going to their old rehearsal studios and they go in the Hundred Club and stuff like that. But just you know, Steve Jones is naturally a very funny guy. Yeah. And like London has changed so much. 
So they're asking. But she hates it. They'll, yeah, oh yeah, hates it. So they're asking people, you know, oh, where's the uh, where's the Notre Dame Hall or whatever, and they're looking at him like he's fucking mental, you know. Um, it's it's really entertaining actually, and they go to a pie and mash shop and they show you know where they used to steal stuff from from the market in Portobello, and so oh, it's yeah. just it's actually really entertaining because uh, like I say, Jonesy's a pretty entertaining guy. And uh, Glenn Matlock shows up in it, too, for a while. He's not quite so entertaining, but, you know, he's he's interesting because he can remember some of the stories. But gotcha. it, it was interesting in the old, where they used to rehearse, and I guess they used to live in the back. And uh, All I can think of is the, the recent miniseries, like, they had that big, wide-open... Right. I'm sure it wasn't that big in real life, but... No, it wasn't, but the funny thing was, some of the pictures, some of the sketches that Johnny Rotten had done of the band are still on the wall. Like he did right? all these pictures on the wall. He's got one of Fatty Jones, was, and then one of Sid Vicious uh, and Nancy Spunker or something. It's funny. Those pictures are still what, you know, uh, what, on the wall. What is it now? Um, it, oh, shit. It was like a real estate office or something. But And they kept the pit. Wow. In the back. In the back. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Because oh, that wasn't. It's like the, storage. It's yeah, like where they throw exactly. files or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So oh, that's uh, funny. That was really entertaining. So if you get a I chance mean, they, to look you know, at that. These rich, these rich old uh, pious. Uh, English punks, man, they probably paid more big money for those pictures. Dude, if I was ever in London, I would definitely want to go in there and try and see if I could get in the back and take some pictures of it because they're fucking, yeah. you know, they're uh, classic, classic yeah, stuff. Cool. Yeah. And that's funnily enough, they went in the 100 Club, and the 100 Club inside looks almost identical to the way it looked in 76. Is it still a venue? It's still a venue, yeah. It's still a small stage huh. with the same like uh, stuff behind the stage, the same like pictures and stuff behind the stage. It looks almost identical. Huh. It was uh, pretty weird, actually, huh. how little that's changed. Because most of the venues have gone, obviously. Um, sure. They went into some pubs that they used to hang out in and write songs in and stuff, and uh, those are still there. But... Uh, Couple, a couple of alleyways where uh, Steve Jones used to shag the birds. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. And they went by where the sack, you know, where sex used to be on the on the King's Road in Chelsea. Oh yeah, yeah. I wonder what that is now. It's probably a Starbucks, something, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I mean that that's that's high that's high priced property in Chelsea over there. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like CBGBs, you know, it it you know it lasted to into the two thousands. Yep. And it, it didn't change. You know what I mean? It was the same thing. You know, it's like you want to sit on that nasty toilet in the men's room. It's the same one that Sid used to shit on, you know, or whatever. <laughs> or that, you know, Dee Dee used to shit on. Well, you know, you know yeah, Dee Dee, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, not, yeah, I don't think the Pistols ever played. The Pistols didn't definitely play CBGBs. But anyway, it, well, no, but Sid was at CBGBs they, when he, he moved to New York after. Yeah, he probably, I'm sure he played there. I think he was doing, I think he did the, uh, what was the other one? Was the, there was the Peppermint Lounge and there was the uh, Max's well, Max Kansas City. City. I think he played Max's more than he did anything at CBGBs. Hmm. Uh, anyway, my point being, I remember when uh, they tore down Tiger Stadium, and Ernie Harwell, our great Detroit Tigers announcer, he's dead now, but uh, he's like, I'm taking a urinal from the locker room, the visitor's locker room, because, you know, Babe Ruth used to pee in that urinal. <laughs> well, there you go. Never clean it. Worth, Never know, clean course. it. Yeah, exactly. And you know what CBGB's is now, right? It's a store of some kind. John Varvatos uh, clothing store, yeah. Who there supposedly you know. he's the guy that put together that one of those punk documentaries a couple of years ago. So somehow hmm. he's vaguely involved in the scene. That John hmm. Valvados guy. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So well, here. I was able to go there a couple of times. It was a cool place. Obviously, it wasn't what it was in the seventies, but always enjoyed my time there. Well, that's good. That's good. Yes. All right, so we should play a play a song. I think. Um, yeah, I'm going to sure. play. I'm going to play uh, one of the songs that New Rocket Union played that night. 
one of their songs, I should say. Um, I was going to say, you ever going to play a freaking new Rocket Union song? Yeah. What the heck? Dude? Yeah, so this, right. was, this was the lead single off of that second album, which is called Second City... Twin City Twin City Breakdown, yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. Uh, and this was the first track off the album, and it was their first single. This song's called Waiting For You. Rocket Union, the boys from Minneapolis, with Waiting for You. That's a great song. I like that one a lot. Yep. Um, yeah. So I've I've ranted about Lemmy. You've ranted you've ranted about Two Invented Punk. We talked about the Sex Pistols. Um, what else, my friend? What else has been going on? I haven't talked to you in ages. We okay. So we got a couple letters. One is from our friend slash nemesis John Bates. <laughs> do you know where that is? Do you want to look at that real quick? It's because it's, he makes an interesting point, and we could address it. Well, it's not actually email. I think it was a comment he made on our Facebook. On Facebook, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which he says, because um, I can't remember which he... Oh, uh, he was talking about the was latest. The Ricky, the Ricky, the yeah. Ricky show. Which is getting a lot of good publicity. That, that Ricky yeah, album yeah, is getting no, a lot re- of good. It was real cool. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and what he did say a positive thing on there. He said, you know, it's this is these are the ones I like, where it's obscure stuff. Let me see if I can find it. Well, basically, the gist of the gist of it was that. Um, but he was saying when you play the songs, it would be good if you heard them beforehand, so you could actually talk intelligently Comment about on the songs. The songs. Well, how, the only thing I was saying to you was how long they want this podcast to be. Well, well, and here's another thing too. I mean, yeah, we could certainly do that, and you know, in some cases, we obviously do if we know the songs. But if the are if the person we're going to interview only gives us the names of the songs, you know. As he's coming, as he's joining us on the interview, you know, two minutes before we actually press record, then obviously we cannot listen to them first. 
Um, that can't yeah. happen. But John's right. If if it's someone who's given us the songs or we already know the songs, then yeah, we certainly should listen to them and be able he to. He did talk want us to know them. that it was. He did want us to know that it counted as hate mail. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He's, but if that was hate mail, that was pretty. No, it was. It was a good comment. It's just sometimes we can and sometimes we can't. But we'll do a better job of of trying to do that in the future, right? Right, Tom. Uh, speak for yourself, buddy. Well, yeah, no, no. Well, we have a guest, a pretty big fucking guest, coming on on Saturday uh, from a oh, legendary oh, band, oh, and he's given me a list of four of six songs, and two of them obviously you know because you okay. know you know, you've known that because they're legendary. You've known yes. this band for thirty years. Um, Two of the bands I'd really never heard of, to be honest, bands he's been with in the meantime. So I will send you a list of those songs so you can be prepared so we can talk about right. about the songs intelligently when... Uh, I've, I've actually got... I've, I'm actually really looking forward to this one because I really want to know... Yeah, what, this is definitely more up your alley than mine, but that's okay. Yeah, but you love that band, right? I mean, you love, I do. Well, yeah. that first album, at least. Well, 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 that's the interesting thing, right? That's what I really... Well, not, I can't just talk to him about that because he has a new band, but... Yeah. I do want to know what th- what the thought was between releasing maybe the greatest street punk album of all time and then deciding to change genres completely. <laughs> yeah. So I'm anxious to hear what he, uh, well, what, looking back, what he thinks about that. So we did get one other interesting letter. We got, dude, we get so much email now. It's getting very easy and hard to ignore at the same time. Well, most so. of it, most of it's spam. Ninety nine percent. Well, of it's spam, spam right? yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do want to. Okay, so just because I want to give you a little insight, once again, I'm total pulling the curtain back here. A little insight into our world because we we never got hate mail until relatively recently. Which I, wouldn't we, even, I wouldn't even call it hate mail, dude. Well, you're right because it seems sort of like drunken rambling. <laughs> yes, but I it was, it. but but. You know, the hate that we've got recently was, you know, be more punk, stop being pussies, right? I mean, does that sum up the hate mail we've gotten more recently? Yeah, it was definitely. Like I said, calling it hate mail, you're right, because they, they, they clearly listen. Yep. Um, so, you know, and, 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 and just this will give you a little insight in the line we try to walk, okay? Because, it, it, it's like I said, we just, just remember the last couple pieces we got of hate mail were from people telling us not to be pussies, okay? And this isn't exactly hate mail. This is more like uh, suggestions on how we could be better. I'm not going to give the name of the person, but uh, and I won't give any specific details. But I just want, like I said, I want to give a little insight into the world we walk, the, the road we walk here. Mm-hmm. So we got this. So we got some people saying saying we're not being, I don't know, how would you describe? Not right wing enough, but we're not being. Uh, stop being pussies and and stop being yes. libtards. Or well, whatever, and it's right? funny because that one that that Norwegian guy. He couldn't even say that we we were saying anything right wing because we don't. But he just he didn't think we were supportive enough of left wing ideas. And I'm sorry, that's not my job. Right. right. Your words have consequences. Well, I mean, so do yours, dummy. And your words are platitudes. Have you even thought about them? Who gives a You're fucking just spouting? Well, he's just spouting his left wing nonsense. Who gives a When's fucking the last rat's time ass? He stopped to think about it. Well, who's this Norwegian dude? You know, it's like seriously. But he had to tag us on a on a Facebook post to let us know that we might enjoy this thing he's listening to because it had a bunch of oi, questionable right-wing oi bands on it. I can listen to whoever the but fuck any, I want and I can say whatever well, the, the fuck I is, want. You know, any band that shows the slightest amount of patriotism, such as A, all these old British bands, Coxbar, The Business, you know, all these bands, I guess they're just fascist now. Right. Yeah. Because what? Because they're not communist? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not a communist, dude. 
You know, come yep. to America. We'll talk about it face to face. I really feel like punching somebody. <laughs> wow, Tom's all fucking wound up. Guy shows up. He's like a six foot six blonde guy. He looks like freaking. Uh, looks like Ivan Dolph, Drago from yeah, Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, this is where I'm glad I have guns. <laughs> yeah, anyway, fucker. Yeah. Another right wing a hole with his guns. Yes, yes. Anyway, um, yes, we are so. I am so wingless, dude. I'm it's like so a, a one a one way dove, like Stevie Nicks sang about. <laughs> wow, anyway. a Stevie Nicks fucking wow. That's uh, that's anyway. a good one tonight. Anyway, but I'm already raving. I'm already angry. I haven't started to read this freaking letter yet. <laughs> Dear Tom and Neil, recent follower and first time listener to the podcast. The episode about the Savage Mountain Punk Festival was the reason I began listening to the podcast. I've been attending for a number of years. As the parent of a non-binary person, please be aware of how you describe trans people. Some mention was made during the episode about a person in a band who was trans, and your comments, though not necessarily transphobic, showed a lack of understanding and could come across as derogatory or at least insensitive. And, you know, the thing is, I know what she's talking about, because I went and saw uh, Life of Agony, Hmm. where the singer is a a trans woman. Hmm. Does that mean it's a woman being a man or a man being a a woman? It's a it's a man who really didn't seem like he was trying that hard to be a woman, if we're being honest. Like I said, he talked like a man in a locker room. But, you know, once again, he doesn't have to be any more woman or any less woman than he wants. I couldn't care less. He's an adult. But I have an issue with these sort of middle-class white people, like I said, being offended for everyone. Right. I mean, I bet you I could have a conversation with this dude. I mean, this dude was using words like bitch and words like derogatory that I don't know that I would be comfortable using in a public... Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm going to skip this because I don't need to know about their... Uh, didn't, I, didn't I say something bad about... Didn't I? Oh, you said they dance gay. Well, let me get to that. <laughs> but it, it talks a little bit about, about trans people and dead naming and all that stuff. Oh. And, 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 I, and I don't want to get into it too much. Uh, oh, here's... I love this one, actually, you know. Please think about how your discussion of women during the podcast can influence your audience. Uh, there was not a reference to a woman in this episode that didn't include some reference to appearance. Why? Is it really necessary to discuss members of the Donnas as rough-looking? That was you. Said <laughs> and she's Am I wrong? very familiar with the Donnas because she calls them La Donnas. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you have to mention the two female members of Rumors, were, what they were wearing? Yes. What was the drummer wearing? Yes. Who cares? What does it have anything to do with the sound music? Well, here's the thing. If they were wearing tuxedos... <laughs> I would have mentioned that too. If they're wearing jeans and t-shirt, I wouldn't have mentioned it. These are attractive women who are wearing bikini tops. And this, this stranger is worried about me objectifying these women who clearly want to be objectified as some part of their act. And I'm not saying ogled. I'm not saying I did anything inappropriate, but I'm sorry. You're wearing bikini top. You're it's a gimmick at the very least, right? Yes. I mean, come on. Unless I mean, you, ca- you said about, uh, unless you, you came the, in right from the pool, Madonna's, yes, that's that's insufferable. I, I can't imagine you would do that. <laughs> at least I'm sorry. I'm a, 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 I'm this is and, and I'm not even and I'm not even trying to I wasn't even trying to be I wasn't trying to be me you know I was I was just trying to describe the situation the the whole thing is too funny the whole thing but is anyway, too funny all right all right last last paragraph Neil okay go ahead what else did I say uh, that was bad finally there was a discussion about kids dance at shows oh this is so good <laughs> which Neil described as the gayest thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm making the assumption that this wasn't in the old definition of the word as carefree, but please do correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, you know words do matter. You're doing a podcast. I hope you make an effort to be aware of using outdated, sexist, derogatory terms, descriptions in the future. Because it's just this podcast isn't for you. I mean, it's just. And once again, we got we got under, you got to understand, lady. We have people telling us we're pussies and too sensitive, and then we got you saying that we have to worry about our words. But here's here's the thing. Like my hero, Joe Keithley said, who I'm sure is much more liberal than I am. Talk minus action equals zero. This generation values words more than they... I mean, actions define a man. I'm sorry. Once again, I treat every single person I come across with human dignity, and I'm never a dick to anybody unless they deserve it. And I'm pretty sure you can fact check that. And I just I just can't worry about offending somebody. Because let me tell you something. If you're a man who wants to become a woman or a woman wants to become a man or somebody who wants to live a, a, a lifestyle that's way outside of the norm, societal norms, you got to be tougher than that. And it's not your job to be offended for them. And the fact of the matter is, once again, I don't want to sound like Mike Ness, but if you were a punk back in the day and you wanted to live outside of one of the normal parameters, you had to occasionally get your ass kicked. Now, you would I would get defend, your ass kicked, yep. I will defend physically anyone, you know, I, that doesn't happen anymore. Like, and I'll physically defend someone who's weaker, who's being bullied by somebody stronger. But I just I just can't worry about all these words. And like I said, if if you ever meet me, I, I will I'll I just you know you're gonna try to find some people bearing witness to me being not cool to anybody, regardless of their race or sexual orientation or whether they're a freaking six foot lumberjack with a beard wearing a dress. I really couldn't give a rat's ass. But I'm also not gonna not gonna worry about offending you know one percent of one percent, or I should say forty percent of middle class white women. So anyway, how's that? How's that, Neil? Uh, you were, you, were, cool? you were you were very nice. I did not keep my cool. The the one thing I really took uh, exception to was outdated. Outdated to who? To you? Like where where is this fucking rule book that I've got to no, that I've got Neil. to obey what you fucking say? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like it is. I'm sixty oh, years fuck. old. You're fifty years old. Yeah. We've been around. We've seen a lot. We've learned a lot in our years. We're old. We kind of know some things. And I'm sorry if you're between sorry, 25 we're not and as smart as you 20 year olds. If you're between 25 and 35, you don't know shit. You think you do, but you fucking don't. So shut up and fucking learn. Yeah, and don't tell us. The, and don't tell us what we should say. And learn what from we your father. Think. Learn from your father and grandfather here, kids. Dude, my dad. My dad's head would be spinning with all yeah. this shit right now. My dad's head well, would be spinning. It's funny. I think that is part of the aging process, right? You're like, man, I'm glad I'm not going to be alive to see where this ends because it's a real shit show. Right? Dude, he, he he was coming out of fighting the fucking Nazis. Yeah. That that's where he was coming from. Well, I do I do worry about that too. You know, we got a lot Fuck. of there's a lot of unrest around the world, and boy, I don't know how we, uh, you know, hard times make hard men. We're gonna have to have a hard generation coming up here, probably. <laughs> you Good. said you said hard. <laughs> well, good times make soft men, right? That's what Scott loves to say. Because I'll tell you, boy, we're about as soft as we can get. Fucking and, right. You know, yeah. And, and listen, our gener and, and I, our generation never faced crazy amount of hardship either. You know, we started the slide, no question. But our kids, whew, I'm doing my best, man. I'm making my kids do all kinds of crap, crap work. But anyway, tonight in Chicago, uh, oh, Dad, and it's a drag actually. So. Um, down at Reggie's. Down you know, at Reggie's. Have we already had enough of that? Is it a drag <laughs> show or just a drag? Down at Reggie's, they got um, Booze and Glory. It's a weird oh, show, yeah. man. It's a weird show. Dude, and that Canadian pop punk band with the freaking birds. Avum. So what a weird, Avum. what a is weird. Avum, I don't know. What a weird fucking opening band for an oi band. Is it? Yeah. Is it a pop punk band who sing about well, everything is about birds? 
Booze and Glory is a weird band too. So they're like half reggae, half you know they're they they're not exactly you know the business. No, they're not. But they they try they try to be West Ham fans and they try and do that whole they're, thing, they're, right? They're okay. They're okay. Yeah, I'm they're fine. Some of their stuff. But yeah. Avum and then but then the Poison Boys are opening. So my you know local local friends of mine, right? Yeah. Um, well, I haven't seen in a while. I haven't seen in like a year since I think since that Dead Boys show last year. Um, so in Detroit, in Detroit, there's an Oi band. One of my buddies, Oi band, Bad Assets, who I know I played before our opening. Mm-hmm. Which is weird too. So I and then so get this. So uh, AJ. From fucking uh, Doc Rotten, emails me tonight and says you go in the show, and I'm like, oh, no. Are they playing too? No, but he's slinging merch for Booze and Glory. Oh, is that cool? That's cool. Yeah. So if well, I had known, I saw, I saw they're playing like an East Coast show with like the Pissed. I mean, they Doc yeah. Rotten's getting some cool gigs, man. Yeah. They're they're and they're a good band. You should go check them out too. So if I'd known, I might have actually thought about going, but I really don't like Booze and Glory that much, and Avum can they can stick it as far as I'm concerned. Dude, um, maybe they would have won you over with their. Bird songs. Dude, what's the deal with the birds? Was it McCrackens with their chicken thing? Avum with yeah, their fucking bird love, and I, I don't know. I don't know because the Avum guys just seem like big Canadian stoners. I got a lot more tolerance for the McCrackens thing, definitely. Yeah, I like the McCrackens. The McCrackens were nice guys. All right, all right. Listen, play a song, or I'm gonna play a song. So, or I'm, so yeah. So the Poison Boys were playing tonight. I haven't seen them in a while, but they've had a couple of singles out since the last time I saw them. So this is the Poison Boys. Um, uh, hey Matt, with uh, Steamroller. One of the last couple of singles. So there you go.
that was Poison Boys from Chicago with a Steamroller. Um, they recorded a video for that too, and then they've got a video for another, a newer one, because now they're a three-piece. So they did a tour of Spain, and they yeah. recorded a video in, 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 um, when they were in Spain of that new song. I can't remember what it's called. But one of the comments on YouTube was, oh, good, her metal's making a comeback. Ah. And Matt was very quick to again point out, no, <laughs> we're not hair metal, we're punk rock and roll. Just there freaking, is a fine line. There's a fine line. There, very you know? much so. Fine yeah. line. Yeah, very I much mean, so. Hanoi Rocks liked, also enjoyed the New York Dolls. You know. Yeah, someone was talking. Who was it? I was talking to at that at that New Rocket Union show. Someone was talking about Hanoi Rocks. Uh, I can't remember what it was. Never mind. Well, too much. Too much gin. Well, it's funny because I'm I'm starting to buy records again. I kind of took some time off. I'm still going through that box that Rob gave me. So, which ones are you going to give me, buddy? Uh, I'll, I'll find some. Mm-hmm. You got your discogs? What's your? I'll find your discogs name. Make sure because let you know. Make sure you don't have them. No, well, di- I, I I had that one you mentioned. I'll definitely give you. Okay. And because uh, I know you wanted that one, and uh, I'll clean it up and rebag it and all that. But uh, I'm just kind of working my way through them. I've enjoyed the process. For a while, I wasn't really buying much else, but now I'm back to buying it again. So I, uh, but anyway, my next mail order is probably going to be from Deadbeat Records, who put out the first Poison Boys record because they have that first out of my head. I think it's called the first record. Are you going to get that's who, that's who does the Oxys records too? Yeah, are you going to get that new Oxys record? Yeah, definitely. yeah, it's good, man. It's good. Well, and it thanks us in the liner notes, which yes. is going to be the standard going forward for bands that want to be our pals. Yeah, unless you're a legend, yes. Well, they'll probably be scared now because we're uh, anti-trans. We're going to get banned from being uh, banned from all the major festivals. You know, we're not anti. We're not anti. Yeah, we're not anti anything. No, we're anti walking on eggshells. (laughs) Yes, I'm anti being told what to do by someone thirty years younger than me. That's what I'm anti. (laughs) Or or my or my my daughter, yeah, who's thirty four years younger than me. But yeah, anyway, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Treat you you like an idiot. She yelled at me using the word Polak. I'm like, come on. <laughs> She's half Polak. That's why. Yeah. Oh, quarter. My wife's half. I don't know. Whatever. Either way. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, Neil. What are we talking about? Um, we you were our, talking we about our, records. We, records you just got or something. Yeah, I haven't got a ton, but I, you know, I bought a bunch of that at Savage Mountain, and I bought a. I did get that seven seconds walk together, rock together repress, which. Is it's like a double album because it's got that big book and it. it's typical of those trust mm-hmm. reissues. They do such a good job, man. I really I hope they do the uh, Youth Brigade catalog next. I hope they do like the first Youth Brigade album. There's a few of those I don't have on vinyl that I would love to. The last one they did was that DFL, which is the Beastie Boys one, which is pretty close to unlistenable. <laughs> good Even stuff. though I mean it's okay. I mean it's okay. And then what other one did they do? We should get that guy on. We should get. Didn't someone offer us one of the trust guys? I don't someone know. Did. I think we could probably reach out. Yeah, I think maybe. Um, I think maybe. Uh, oh, I don't know who was it that Alan maybe said he knew one of the trust guys. I think that's what it was. So yeah. maybe we can well, get use Alan. I, I just got. I got an. I just got an Iron Maiden record today. I'm still cleaning and bagging those other ones. I think that's that's about it. I get. I got sent some. Oh, did, they sent me that. They sent me that first Jeff Palmer album, the uh, the Machine Shop Distro. With that stardom out of Holland, so. yeah, stardom out of Holland. Did did you buy anything when you were in Georgia? Did you go any record shows? Record I didn't even anything? try, man. It was such a short trip. Are you with family? And we were on that yeah. island. There really isn't. I think there's a couple decent stores in uh, Savannah, but we didn't go into the city. So. Now, was it really an island? I mean, it's like swamped in. There's like a bridge through swamp. I was going to say, so it's a bridge or a causeway. It's nice beach, nice beach, man. Nice, uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, the East Coast beaches obviously are not what the West Coast beaches are. But, you know, it's a sandy beach. It's just the water's sort of churlish. Churlish, you know, that's, a, that's a good word. Well, to be honest, when I was in San Diego, I found the beaches kind of fucking dull, to be honest. Did it? Yeah. Huh. They weren't that great at all. And it's no but, man, I got I got a lot of sun, dude. I'm going to keep my – and then uh, my wife and I are going away for a week for our anniversary. We're going to South Carolina next month. Man, you so, fucking – look at Daddy Warbucks over here. The fucking well, cash. Well, I'm, I'm keeping my tan until November, dude. <laughs> okay. I'm a beach boy. Well, it's, it's funny – it's funny because I, I really look at the back of my calendar. I think I maybe might be the most vacation I've ever taken in a year. Yeah, and it's also been the most stressful year of my life. So what is that? Well, I don't know what that means. You know, I think I've got. I think I've almost got three weeks vacation still to take, and there's what three months, three weeks, three months of the oh, year. Oh boy, I guess, I guess you're going back to the ocean too, huh? I guess. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to be taking every Friday off between now and the end of the year. Oh, that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah, talking of talking of work, yeah, my buddy Rick, who you know, he thought he had yep. a heart attack last week. So, oh, jeez. Yeah, Poor he Rick. he actually didn't. It's something else, but we're not quite sure what it was yet. So he's uh he's actually it's funny. He's given up smoking for the first time in thirty years, and he couldn't Ooh. he couldn't be any crabbier. I bet. <laughs> is it only thirty? I mean, he's pushing sixty. I don't think he'd be at least. That's 40 true. Years. Actually, that that's true. Yeah, it probably is. It's probably forty years. And talking of that, when I met Bones the other week in San Diego, did I tell you that, that when I met him, he'd just given up cigarettes too? Oh, so well. he was super fucking jittery. <laughs> <laughs> but I see they're playing Rebellion next year. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I, that's, uh, that's shaping it's up. It's amazing how how many how many bands are already announcing for Rebellion next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's it's crazy. I uh, I reached out to. Uh, Somebody actually, you know, we, we tried this thing this year. You know, we had Chris, of course, come out and talk about Rebellion. And then we had, uh, who did we talk to about? Uh, oh, Jason. Richie came out and talked about uh, Punk Rock Bowling. Yep. And I was hoping maybe we could find somebody to do that with Ride Fest, but it kind of didn't work out. So. Well, like we could get Alan, probably, because Alan was there. You know what? You're right. You know what? Alan would be great, uh, but... You know, it's it's. I don't even know if Rye Fest is a punk enough festival at this point to be worth the time. But uh, yeah, that's a, that's a thought. We'll see if we can work it in because we got some stuff actually that we're gonna have to kind of shoehorn in schedule wise. So hopefully, I will see Alan. I don't know that I'm gonna be in Chicago for November. So okay, he interviewed. Which a is lot only. Of- I mean, I guess that's only six weeks now, honestly, from now. So so you don't think you're gonna be able to make T1 Fest? I don't think so. Oh, that uh, sucks. Yeah, it does. I once again, I want to, I want to do some stuff and help promote it a little bit. But uh, well, you can stay with us if you, you know, if you, you don't have to pay for anywhere to stay. If it's well, I'll you. tell you what. If we go, Scott, Scott definitely would want to go if I want to go. That's up, that's up his alley. All right. Well, it's up my alley too. I, w- I would like to go. I just, like I said, I got, I got to work some stuff out. Um, like I said, definitely we'll be there in November for the big street punk extravaganza. Yeah, for sure. Which, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had, you know, I said I've spent the year doing bucket list bands, you know. And not that the meteors were on my bucket list, but I, I, I had never seen them. I was kind of excited to see them. Of course, that got canceled. Then mm-hmm. uh, I got Wasp. I was supposed to go see but the Blackie Laws. Is, I guess his back is so jacked up, like he finished the European tour, like, sitting down. Oh, dear. And then they canceled their American shows. And they had a band opening for them called Armored Saint, who I who was a kind of a legendary metal band who I'd never seen. Yeah, I remember so that I, name, yeah. Armored so Saint. Got canceled. The singer ended up with Anthrax, sang with Anthrax for like 10 years. And then I, uh, Exploited got canceled the other week. So it's like, uh, they're starting to drop. And I like the Exploited, I might as well give it up, right? It's just not going to happen. Unless you go to Rebellion next year and they, I mean, and they did, do it. Did they play Rebellion? I don't know. Because now he's got cancer on top of his heart. Oh, he does? Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I see the live footage. I, I really know I'm not missing much, but right. just the point of it. You know? Well, like like I think we said it before, they play too fast and too, they, all the songs lose their melody and stuff, right? Because they play them too fast yeah. and too metal. I mean, they barely have any to begin with, but yeah, when you play yeah. too fast, it's so much worse. Yes. So, so I don't know. Anyway. So you've got a show coming up this week? You've got a show coming yep, up? Yeah, so Saturday I'm going to see Agent Orange. And I really, oh, yeah, really, that's what we talked I about. I really that, wanted yeah. to go see... So the Violent Femmes are playing with my symphony orchestra here, and I really wanted to go see that, but I don't know that I'm going to be able to get somebody... That's my actual weekend to work, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to get somebody to cover me. So I have so much work around the house to do, and I have so many projects. My kids' cars. I got car parts on the front porch. I mean, it's just... it's a, it's a Yeah, but you, hold on a second, though. Your kids aren't kids anymore. They, why can't they do the car stuff themselves? Well, because dad can do it, and the amount of cost, you know, to get your brakes done or whatever is like a thousand bucks, and we can do it for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, but still. I know. You know I know. Your yeah, older son is earning. I mean, he could. But uh, he's not him. Oh, it's the youngest? His, okay. his, his uh, garbage disposal broke down. I think we're going to have to tear that out. Oh, what the fuck? Dude, it never ends. It never ends. That, and my, my but that's what plumbers are for, dude. You don't, you don't have to do it. Well, I know, but they don't have any money. Do you know what it costs to buy a house now as a young person? Hmm. it's freaking terrible i mean literally you know they can afford to pay their bills but and, and like i said they're not asking me for anything but you know we could we can do it Neil. you can do all this stuff you can do it you don't have to pay somebody no not me I, i'm not doing it well so i have plumbing i had to put brakes on my daughter's car and uh we need to i my son smacked up the front of his car and because they're teenagers i have like liability insurance just cheap insurance so we bought the parts. We're gonna do the bodywork ourselves. How about that, Neil? I don't know, man. I think. Listen, I'm working class, buddy. Working class. It's got nothing to do with that, man. It's just a different. It's just a different thing. I think if well, you know, it's just, your kids, are, you could, you could, you know, they could, they, they could pay for the brakes themselves. We're gonna do thousands of dollars worth of stuff for a few hundred bucks. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's Listen, not. It's man, not that. Is it, not, dude? If you value your time at like seventy-five bucks an hour, it's not free. Oh, dude. Dude, if you want to pay me seventy-five bucks an hour, I'd definitely do it. But. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's a good life lesson that they learn how to pay well, for these and things like, themselves. And like I said, I just, you know, I had an opportunity to work some overtime, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll take it, even though I don't really want it, I don't really need it, but I, I just, you know, I was used to needing the money for so long, and it's not like I'm wealthy now. I just don't need the overtime, you know. Yeah. But, but hell, man, my wife's gonna want to go out and get some nice seafood dinners and stuff next month when we're out. Yeah, it's easy to spend. Easy to go on vacation for three days and spend, you know, fifty hundred bucks or something. It's oh, insane. dude, in, in San Diego, we probably drop total with everything. Oh, probably yeah. about six or seven grand. Oh, I'd imagine. Yeah, we did. We did Tybee Island. I, I bet you we spent sixteen hundred bucks in three days. Yeah, but yeah, I, I can imagine uh, Southern California. That's why I, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to you moving out there. So I had a place to stay. But I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I understand, why you're, I understand why you're hesitant. <laughs> yeah, use it, abuse me. Especially if you come out with Scott. i got to get an exercise fucking bed for you guys. I think, if I, did, I think if I came to California, I'd have to bring my wife. Yeah, but San Diego. We'll yeah, it was weird. It was weird driving around a place that had hills. Because I'm so used to driving in Chicago when everything's flat. Yeah. So driving in a place where there was a hill, I was like, what the fuck do we do here? Man, I know how much road rage you get driving on flat. I can't imagine <laughs> you driving through the hills. You must have been just... Just screaming on those road signs just to make no fucking sense. Oh, it's annoying. Just get get out of my way, you posh cunts! I can hear it right now. <laughs> screaming. All these people in their freaking electric cars. There wasn't a lot of <sighs> there was a lot of electric cars. That's true. Yes. A lot of them here too. So you have so, one anyway. more song to play, my friend. Oh, do I? Yeah, you had two choices. I don't know which one you're gonna play. You know, let's play the Stooges song. All right. You're gonna play a lot of Stooges, and once again, he was. 
like Bowie, pretty much all the punks agreed. And I don't know if it was musical as much as just his showmanship, right? Right. Iggy Pop's showmanship. So we're going to do one for the... What did I say? I want to be your dog? Let's do one yeah. for the first album, which is, man, some of the most crude, just muscular music ever created. One chord just pounded over and over again. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure you all know this song. Probably Joan Jett's version, you bunch of posers. But uh, here's the original Stooges version of... I want to be your dog. the Stooges with I Want to Be a Dog, obviously Stone Cold Classic. And the thing I want to say about that is it's interesting. So in the mists of time, so when did they record that? 70, uh, 71? So oh, 69. Okay, so what are we talking about? 31, 50, 54, 55 years ago. Yes. So people yeah, today... Power was 73, it was 69, 70, and 73, I think the records came out. So 
the, again, the 25 and 35-year-olds, the ones that will argue with us on Facebook, they look at that using today's standards. By and today's standards, it's, you know, it's not that amazing. It's not that outrageous. Yeah. It's not anything. The same as if you see skateboard tricks from the 70s or 80s, early 80s. You know, they're, uh, yeah, nothing, yeah. they're nothing compared to what kids are doing today. Yeah, but, but yeah, the pros, their kids are doing what pros were doing. You you have to judge it. You have to judge it in the time and what. So we'll say in the states what what Iggy was doing or what the MC Five were doing or in the Dolls what they were doing at that time and what Bowie and Roxy Music were doing in the early seventies in England. Like everyone today will be like, oh yeah, he's Bowie based or he's this based or he sounds yeah. like this band. He's like, there was no one that sounded like that then. There was yeah. nobody. Or, or they even in- like the, Vel- the Velvet Underground. Velvet Underground, yeah. Like, yeah. They invented the their own thing that hadn't yeah. existed before yeah. then. So today, you can't even compare what people are doing today to that because it just didn't exist. Well, you know, to put it in a musical timeline, the Beatles were still playing in 1969. Right. Yeah. That record came out while the Beatles were still together. You know, 1970, the first Black Sabbath album came out. The music was there was a lot of music changing very radically. Boy, from to go from, you know, the Doors' first album to the Sex Pistols in only about a decade. I right. mean, that's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, Elvis was still fucking recording for God's sake. Yeah, it's true. Sixty-eight <laughs> comeback, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he then died in seventy. He died in seventy-seven. He died in seventy-seven. Yeah, yeah. So it's like people judging things then based he, on he probably, today. He probably, he probably heard the Sex Pistols on his while well, he was sitting on his throne with his eight pounds of bread meat stuck in his colon. He heard God save the queen and just <laughs> corked it. <laughs> well, it's funny. I saw I saw an interview with. Uh, oh, I listened to an interview. Mm-hmm. With, I don't know, I think it was John Lennon's son or something like that. But anyway, they were saying that, you know, Elvis met the Beatles in like, I guess it would have been 68, 69 on like the second mm. American tour. And Elvis was supposedly a real asshole to them. Oh, is that you right? know, He saw them as a complete threat to what huh. he'd been doing or whatever. So, yeah, I can't even imagine what he thought of the Pistols. Yeah. My, uh, my younger son, the one who lives at home, he's never been a huge music buff, but he's been on a real kick where he's listening to like, like pre British invasion stuff, Dion oh. and and uh, you know Del Shannon. Oh, I met Shannon, dude, dude. Know. I'm gonna have a fucking talk to him. But I love yeah, that stuff. stuff. You right? know yeah. that I fucking lo- and, I grew up he, with that stuff. He loves the Beach Boys too. Loves the Beach Boys. I'm like you know the Beach Boys were actually because the Beach Boys start out 61, 62, right? I mean mm-hmm. they they start out really early. They were already kind of has beens by the time Pet Sounds came out. Yeah. So yeah, there's lots of there's a rich lots of rich stuff there. But but, but, but again, the point I'm making is though that it didn't exist before they did it. There was no yeah. Bowie sound before he did it. Yeah. So you know, these days to compare someone who is vaguely based on Bowie to Bowie is just fucking stupid. Or someone who's based on the Ramones to the Ramones is again, it's just stupid. You know. Well, like I said, this book I'm reading right now it's it's literally called Punk Rock and Oral History by John Robb. It's oh, John! Oh, yeah, John Robb. I know him from the membranes. It's, yeah. Okay, so it's all English, but the introductions by your hero Henry Rollins. But anyway, it's all English. But you know, once again, they were all influenced. You know, the, the, the punk rock didn't appear from thin air. All right, of course. You know, it was a social economic situation, and it was. You know, he said Bowie. They always mentioned Bowie. A lot of Mata Hoople, but it's you know, once again, it's all these a lot of British obscure British bands that I've never even heard of. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting, man. It's uh, so that's certainly got an English take then. This book that you have, yeah, yeah, definitely. But you know, they talk about they all a lot of them talk about going to see the Dolls. How would that the Dolls especially because I think they came over in seventy four or something. Yeah, and you know who's the biggest? It was one? a real revolution, like to see that, and they were on the old Grey Whistle Stop. Is that what it was old called? Old Grey Whistle Test. 
because there was only two channels or whatever, and, yep. and kids lived to watch that show, and that was so radical when they were on that show. So what was famous about that was, yeah, they were on the old Grey Whistle Test, which at that point was very, like, Genesis and shit like that. Sure. And so after they played their two songs in the studio, um, the the host, who's called Whispering Bob Harris, came probably on and pe- called... Probably a, pedof- probably a pedophile. Yeah, he did. He looked like he looked like it. Fifty percent chance, yeah. right? Yeah, he came on and said, he, he came on and said, mock rock. So that was. Uh, what does that mean? I just the fact that they were, he didn't think that they were a real band. Really, uh, really hip with the really hip with the times. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So he was luckily, kicked off of the have, Luckily tomorrow we have Sun Ra who plays free jazz. It sounded like the whole band fell down the stairs. So yeah. He, yeah. Care. I'm sure he would have had them on in in a heartbeat or or like uh, you know Leonard Skinner or some shit. You know. You know, what, one difference between, I think, our generation and maybe the kids, and not all the kids, because we've met some young kids who really were great about digging into, like, the roots of punk. You know, if I heard a band and, and they talked about influencers, I was always trying to go look into their influences. Yeah. You know? So, that, like, if you, the first punk band you heard was Rancid, great. But you hear all the people comparing it to The Clash, go listen to The Clash, right? Right. But one, one thing, I know that MC5 always talk about what a huge influence Sun Ra is. I'm gonna have to count it out. I just can't do it, man. I can't. I can't dig into it. I dug enough. I listened for like 15 minutes today while I was record shop. See, that so. that surprises the fuck out of me because I wouldn't have got that from the MC5 at oh, all. Oh, they were free. They were free jazz. That's the thing. I think it's easier to make a direct line between the Stooges and punk and MC5. The MC5 started, I think, even in the mid 60s, and they were playing like three or four sets a night in Detroit because in those days. The auto workers worked three shifts, so literally they'd have bands playing, playing sets at eight, nine, ten, eleven o'clock in the morning, so the third shift guys could go get their drinks after work and watch bands. It was that's part of the reason Detroit was such a fertile music scene. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but they, but they, you know, Wayne Kramer even talks about even after he went out, it went to jail on drug charges. I think it was the mid seventies or something. Like he never felt any kinship to punk rock. It wasn't until he got out and. All the punk rockers were sort of singing his praises, and and uh, the guy from uh, Epitaph Records said, "Dude, you gotta make like make a punk record." But he never. They always considered themselves free jazz before that. The Stooges, on the other hand, were doing something, and maybe due to their sort of lack of ability, that was really punk. You know, the Ramones would say too. You know, we start out, we try to play Alice Cooper and stuff, but it was too complicated. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah. so we made these songs, and that's the Stooges. You know, it just has this massive try i mean it's you know it's rooted in blues and rock and everything else but it's just you know you know say what you will you know tommy ramon is certainly not as good a drummer as you know the guy from cream or whatever but his style was so good even marky couldn't get it exactly right you know he influenced a million other people it's the same as people say about the first adverts drummer and when we had tv smith on he said well laurie played that way because he didn't know how to play there you go. But but no one else has been able to em, uh, emulate that sound. <laughs> you know? Well, it's like it's like it's like Metallica too. Their drummer Lars Lars. I mean, he gets ripped on for a lot of reasons. Right. Some valid, some not. Turns out he was pretty much hundred percent right about the Napster stuff. By the way, but but uh, it might be his limited ability that makes that band sound different than Slayer or whatever. You know, right? So it's hard to argue. I mean, yeah, you want to talk pure technique, but I just I always think it's funny when they crap on. Know, people crap on a guy that's an architect of a sound that they can only dream of. Music ability doesn't mean shit. Sorry, guys, it doesn't. Well, I mean, and punk rock, no, and punk rock, and punk rock, it doesn't. And punk rock, it means well, shit. Uh, yes and no. I, I think there's. I think a lack of. 
I think you get away with a lack of proper training, but I still think you got to have an ear. And I still think there's certain certain things that you maybe are more innate that you're born with rather than, you know, sitting there taking music lessons. Sorry, dude, you got the Clash first album versus Sandinista. Which one are you listening to? I rest my case. I rest my case. Yes. All right. <laughs> Judge, jury, and execution. Do we have any songs left, Neil? No, we played them all, unless you want to play out with that ex Oxy song, because those guys are great. We love them. <laughs> they are great, and they, they thank us in their liner notes. Yeah. Um, so, boy, once again, you know, we shot right into this, and we've been BSing for almost two hours, and we didn't even punk till I die 77 at Gmail. Everybody knows uh, where to find this, Cat 6. Facebook look, look group. Up. Facebook Facebook group just keeps growing exponentially. It's it's sort of amazing. And, and I know Neil and I are sitting there going, boy, we haven't recorded for, you know, we haven't really done anything for a month. And look at the group grow. And it's it's really uh, kind of buoys our spirits. So It does. But we but we yeah, have been putting yeah, out shows every week. It's not like we haven't done anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet. No, yeah. no. It's not yeah. that we haven't put out shows. It's funny. Yeah, like I said, behind the scenes is a lot different than... And I've even been trying to post more stuff in the group, and you know, have a little, have a little fun with it. I mean, I, I I love the interaction of the group. It's 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 a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, I I I could torpedo my personal Facebook page at this point, but I won't. But um, but yeah, I like the group. It's fun. Gives me uh, gives, gives me a reason to scroll. And if and if any, and if anybody wants. Richard's listening to. If anybody wants a Punctual Die t-shirt, I have them in all sizes, I think. I think I have like one or two in all sizes at my house. Uh, some white, some black, and I still have a couple of glasses, and I still have a couple of koozies, I think. So if somebody wants they're something, just on, email they're me. Still on loud, they're still on Loud Pizza too, right? I think so. I mean, there had been talk of them taking them down from there, but I don't know if that's true or not. Um, okay. But anyway, I, I have some. So if you want anything, like I just sold a sweatshirt last week. I sold the last double XL sweatshirt last week, so that was cool. So uh, thank you. Uh, I think it was was it Justin or Jason in Atlanta bought that for us. So that was cool. Thank you, sir. And uh, so yeah, you can just reach out to me, and I'll see what I got. And you got buttons, and we got stickers still. I so. do. I gotta figure out how to mail it. I gotta figure out how to mail the buttons. So anyway, yeah, stickers. I do have stickers. If you want to reach out, and get some stickers. We have a slightly larger size now, just like a like a half inch, just a slightly bigger. So and they're a bitch to get the backing off. But are they, they the new ones are? But then I just the old ones were too though. Well, no, the old ones at least had the line. The new ones don't have the line, so you can split oh, is that it. Right? But I'm I just I just found the invoice from Sticker Guy, and it has instructions on how exactly how to peel the stickers. So huh. maybe I'll put that up. Well, on you the, know, it's funny. You know, I group. was in this. I was in this like party town and there's stickers all over the place and i was so just dis- i'm like oh neil's gonna be so disappointed to me i didn't bring any stickers uh, i had a really jackass put a really pain to that town so anyway i put, right. I put well, them all listen, over the I fucking guess, the burlington the burlington is pasted in those stickers there you go oh, excellent. yeah excellent all right i guess we're wrapping it up we are wrapping it up so we're gonna play out with generation irrelevant from the oxys right ah the oxys yeah is that the, is, is, is that the song that you picked Yes, that's the title track of the new album. I don't okay. know if we... No, we, we, I don't think we have played that one yet. I don't think. I don't know. Well, here's, anyway. a, here's a question for you. Make it quick. But guests that we've, mm. had, guests that we've had on before, and we've gone through the yep. whole history and stuff like that, say yep. the, like the Oxys, um, yep. do we have them back on to publicize a new record and is there enough to get a whole show just out of them talking about a new record when we've already gone through the, the history with them the what do you with, think the thing with jason from the oxys 
is it's only been eight months since the last record. But I know they're writing a new one, so I think by the time the new one comes out, oh, they've already they've already written the new one. It's already recorded. They're record. I think they're recording it right now. I think that's the fourth I one. I think it's the third. <laughs> anyway, the thing the the thing with the Oxys, you know, following the band and following JR, you know, being friends with Jason, they uh they get some killer local gigs. They do. In Austin. They really do. Like they they were open for Fear, and you know, they just get they, that you know at this point in your life, that's you know when you get a little older, like our age, or even not even our age, it's like. Okay, you're not going to go on tour. You're not going to make a million dollars. But if you can play for fear when they come to town, that's like that. That's 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 to me a success. You know. Well, I think the new album cover my bar, cover my bar tab and let me open for fear, and uh, I'll be your friend forever. I think they got reviewed in um, in the new Vivla Rock. I mean, they're you yeah. know their their name is getting out there. They're you know yeah yeah. That well that that record label that they're on Deadbeat out of Cleveland. That's a cool label, man. It is. They got a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm, I really eyeballing that distro right now because they do the thing where if you order hundred bucks, you get free shipping. So it's like ah. <laughs> so anyway, Indeed. all right, all right. Well, listen, I gotta go. I gotta pee. I made it this far. All right, buddy. So anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. So we're gonna play out with the Oxy's Generation of Relevance off that great new record, which yes. you should buy. And uh, I will talk to you on Saturday with our mystery guest, who I'm really looking forward to. Sounds good, man. We'll talk to you then. All right, buddy. Bye, everybody. Uh, yeah, keep a little mark in your heart. Stay free. We'll smell you later. Smell you later. Bye-bye.
Okay, that brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, <laughs> ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom. Okay.